I'm just trying to think of where boning up would come from. It's a weird one. I would think as a doctor, here's my guess. Okay. And it's wrong, but it's, <laughs> but it's a good guess. Yeah, it's a good guess. It's like, okay, so you're a doctor and you've uh, been away from medicine for a while. What's the first thing you want to do to kind of warm up your medical skills? Time to bone up. Name all the bones. Let's do it. Get all the bones together. All right. Because, you know, you're going to be dealing with a lot of broken bones. That's a basic doctor thing. So let's bone up. Then, you know, work on uh, skin-related things or other things. But you start with the bones. Yeah. Work from the head down. Name all the bones. Let's do this. Bone up. Oh, I guess from the feet all the way up. Bone up. Yeah. (laughs) From the head up. You don't want to bone down. (laughs) Let's start of the skull and go up. Right. Skull. Um. And then up to heaven and our Lord, our God. <laughs> now, of course, I'm looking to master information quickly. Crambone. Crambone? Is that where it comes from? Uh, to renew one's skill. Uh, examples of sentence. Do we have a history? Learn more about bone up. Sharing bone up. Statistics for boning up. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sounds like a lot of nonsense. It does. I'm going to look up Bone Up Origins. <clears throat> Bone love, Up Origins. I love that X-Men movie. Okay, so here we go. Uh-huh. Here we are. All right, there's two theories, my friend. Yep. Two theories. Uh, one is that it derives from the practice of using bones to polish leather. So to bone up on a subject was to polish or refine one's knowledge. Okay. All right. The second theory uh, relates to Victorian bookseller Henry George Bon. I guess pronounced bone, but B-O-H-N. He produced a large catalog of books, including many study texts. So, take either, you know, to heart. Interesting. Yep, I like he, mine better. He was the Coles Notes of his day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, what's the American version of that? Uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> no, there was an American, because Coles Notes are Canadian. Are they? Yeah. Oh. And there was an American version of it as well. Oh, yeah. What was it? Oh, something. I'll figure it out. Let's ask our listeners. If you're listening to this part, and you shouldn't be, because it's <laughs> private. How dare you? Uh, what was the, uh, what was the, like, do you have a book? Like, say, I don't want to read Hamlet. Just give me the gist. Uh, yeah. Was there a book when you were younger that would give you uh, just uh, the basics of uh, what, uh, what, what was going on there? Yeah. Yep. Let us know. Here's, by the way, the problem with those for dummies books. Yeah. Thick. Too yes. Thick. Yes. That, that, a dummy's not going to read a book that thick. You, well, and I speak as a dummy on many of the subjects that I decided not to get the book about. You're right. And the books aren't for dummies because they actually require quite a bit of uh, diligence. Now, here's a real basic question. Did they ever have ventriloquism for dummies? That would be good. If the dummy could learn ventriloquism. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I just No, no. It's oh, just for the dummies to learn. Oh, I see. Oh, so they could break free and start their own act. That's right. I think I've seen a dummy do that. I think I've seen a dummy bring out his own little puppet. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Goosebumps. Oh. <laughs> I can't get in. I can't talk about Slappy. He's too creepy. I don't know anything about Slappy at all. <laughs> I only know it for the movie. All right. Let's um make it so. Let's begin this show. Take it seriously or don't do it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I guess I'm leaving.
Hello, dear listeners. My name is David Dedrick. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. And hi, I'm Ian Boothby. I hope you enjoyed our boning up talk <laughs> that we just had. Here, hey, Dave, quick yeah. trivia question before sure. we get started, because yeah. again, you know I like to be a quiz master. Yeah. It's all going to evolve to the point where I'm a quiz master on this show. Um, <laughs> a historical figure. Yes. In 1887. Okay. Was the first person uh, who was referred to as boning up on anything. He was referred to boning up on something by his wife, Elizabeth. Oh, it must have been Robert Browning. That is incorrect. Uh, he was a general oh. that failed big time. Is known for his failure. Uh, and uh, his wife said in a book called Tenting on the Plains that I have known the general to bone up on the smallest details of some question at issue. Oh, sorry. I was thinking it would be British, but I guess it's American. So yes, it would be indeed. General Custer. That is correct. General oh. Custer was the first person to bone up. Huh. Yeah. And that meant his bones rotting in the uh, the planes themselves. I hope so. Otherwise, it's just his wife calling him out for boning up, <laughs> which could have a different meaning. Could have a different, you know, a Americans. Sexy, sexy meaning. You know, things mean different things in different places. Like in England, a flat is an apartment. Mm-hmm. In America, a flat is a thing that's flat. Yeah, your soda goes apartment. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And what is a soda called in uh, in, in in England? A soda is called a uh, squash. Okay, fair enough. Pronounce, if you're from Orkney, pronounce squash. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, they have the, the big squash uh, tournament, which isn't actual squash, but actually uses a squash. Yeah. And they have to take it from one side to the other. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Of the... It's a real turn up for the books. Oh, boy. And if you like that kind of thing, <laughs> buckle up for two and a half hours of it. Again, look, there's enough red flags that we lay at the beginning of every episode that if you don't if you don't want this, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. There's so many other podcasts you that you could be listening to. There are. You could listen to how hey, how'd that movie get made? Find find out. Mm. On either how did this get made or hey, hey how did that movie get made? Either of those two podcasts, the real one or the knockoff. <laughs> I like the I like oh hey uh, how did that movie get made? Yeah, or you know yeah. we got our friend uh, you know who uh, friends who have uh, the podcast Talking Simpsons, or you can sure. have uh, hey do you want to talk about the Simpsons? It's okay if you don't. Oh, very. Yeah, and I'm again a... the knockoff podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you have the Transformers movie and then the knockoff comes out, like Transmogrifiers yeah. comes out right right uh, afterwards. There's like Suicide Squad is out in theaters now, so the knockoff is coming out called uh, Mame Team. Oh, is that the uh, knockoff? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they sometimes get maimed mm-hmm. when they go out there. They don't get killed, but there's uh, usually some yeah. maiming. Some guy loses a thumb. Yeah. Another person, you know, gets some damage to their eye, like some sand in their eye, something like that. It's kind of, oh. I don't really want to talk about Suicide Squad. Okay, why is that, too? Why, um, why don't you want to talk about the thing I just asked you about? <laughs> well, I should I should just respect your, your your views. You should respect my views and just leave it like that. No, I was just thinking do you about... Want to talk, okay, I understand you don't want to talk about Suicide Squad. Yeah. But do you want to talk about The Suicide Squad, which is a very different movie? <laughs> I want that's to talk a about, very different movie. I want to talk about the movie A Suicide Squad. Oh, that's the next one that'll be coming out. It's more general. Uh, no, I was just thinking that it's kind of a mis- misnomer. Okay, tell because, me, tell me why. Well, because they're not—they're not really committing suicide. They're going on a dangerous mission, but that's different. Well, mm, so every suicide mission. Uh, well, so is every suicide mission that people go have gone out in military not a suicide mission? If someone survives, then you got to go. That wasn't a suicide mission. I guess it depends on what their uh, motivation is. 
Mm. I mean, if they're doing it for heroic reasons that, you know, to yeah. save the rest of the, the, the team or whatever, and they have to make this noble sacrifice, I don't think that's suicide. Here's my problem. Uh, first of all, I'm going to give you my review from five years ago of the original film. Okay. This was just something I posted on Facebook. Sure. Um, well, two things. One, I said, you know how sometimes an elderly relative tells you a long story and then forgets and tells it to you again almost immediately? Yeah. That's how Suicide Squad starts. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, and that, But then my main thing was Suicide Squad, better than Batman v Superman, better than Green Lantern, good actors trying their best in a very badly put together mess. Yeah. Nice to see them and the characters in the future, but oh lordy, this was sloppy. <laughs> so my wish at the time was, yeah. I would like to see some of these characters again. Yeah, uh, Let's try that again. Sure. And hey, they're doing that. So mm. thank you for taking my advice, Yeah, uh, movie world. <laughs> Thanks for taking right, notes. Right for, right, right for you. Here's, here's my problem. No, but you're, sorry, oh. I just want to say, you're right about that film. And I think that, I think, I think a lot of people put on a brave face, including the director, uh, to hide their disappointment in that in that movie, because I do think it was taken away from the director as well. Sure, I'm not saying that David Ayer is like, like a great director or anything. What, I think, what else has David Ayer done? Uh, he did that Bright. Is that what it's called? The one with hmm. another one with Will it Smith. It was uh, Will and, Smith and a Smurf uh, solved the murder. <laughs> that's correct. Right. Okay. Played by Joel Edgerton, I believe. Yeah, Grouchy Smurf. Grouchy Smurf, <laughs> and and it, he's done like um, he also did the one with Jake Gyllenhaal and. Dang it. Can't remember his name. The Hispanic actor who is also in Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The movie where they're police. Okay. I think it's called like End of the Watch or something like that. I can't, sorry, I can't remember the name Fair of enough. it. Fair enough. So that guy's head. played a police officer in two movies. That and Chips then. Yes. Okay. One is better than the other. Ooh. One features... Which... Which? Oh, I, I really want to know which one is better. One features unfunny comedian, uh, Dax Shepard, that we were talking about last week. Okay. Who doesn't bathe. <laughs> well... Yes. Yes, self-admitted non-bather or non-soaper, I guess. Yeah, but still, uh, marriage seems to be going well. So maybe you get used to it. Maybe you get nose. I think so. Or his wife is one of those people who can't smell. Oh, that's he's just getting away with it now. Good for him. Yeah. Anyway, I what's the actor's name? Do you remember his name? Oh, I can. Find you don't. Him it's okay. We don't. It doesn't. It's no, fine. It's I don't. I don't no need to know. I don't need to know anything. I should. No, I should be punished up. for not knowing this. I shouldn't this. look it up. I shouldn't look it up. Talk any, for a bit. Anyway, so just did, talk. Keep talking. I feel like Are that movie was. I feel like that movie was okay. taken out of not not uh, end of watch or um, bright, but I feel like Suicide Squad was taken out of Michael his, Pena. Michael Pena. Yes, I'm sorry, I, I don't know how to pronounce an N with the uh, with a line on top. Right? Yeah, Pena. Michael Pena. He, not him, not Michael Pena, but David Ayer. I think that that movie was taken away from him by by the studio. End of the watch. End of the Watch, yes. End of Watch, sorry, yes. End of Watch. And that's a good movie. Oh, okay. That's a good movie. Um, but I think that I think that he, uh, yeah, I think he just put a brave face on it. He didn't want to rock the boat, as it were. He still wants to work in Hollywood, so he knew that his best thing to do is to swallow and take it. And he just swallowed his anger and walked away with his head held high and said, oh, well, next time. <laughs> Better luck next time, I guess. But I feel like... I feel like maybe DC learned from that, you know, because they seem to have allowed their directors more latitude to be more personal in the films. Well, rather it than... feels like Marvel went through that with Ant Man. Yeah, for is, sure. Is it just is it just Michael uh, Pena that is because he's in both of those? No, wait, no, he was in the uh, Watch, so, but but Michael Pena was in uh, Ant Man. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe there's a connection. Maybe there's that's no, right. No he connection. got Edgar Wright fired for that. Uh, but yeah, Edgar Wright getting fired was uh, dumb, dumb dumbness. But it was right before they kind of let directors be directors over at Marvel, 
and it feels like uh, DC's a little behind the. Little I don't behind. think. Well, the, I guess they were a little behind, but I feel like they've stopped that now, and they're just kind of letting their directors make the movie that they want. Well, not. when you're winning an Oscar for Joker and stuff, you know, hey, you know, take the character and go to town. <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah, sure. Yeah, how about it? You I mean, that, that idea for a Catwoman. What is it? It's a porno. Sounds good. Do it. <laughs> I mean, you can you can like it or not like Joker, but it was a success, like a box office success, and it was a critical critical success as well, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess that you know, it's the second uh, uh, portrayal of the Joker that has won an Oscar. Hmm, that's a that's an odd. That's a that is a weird thing, isn't it? And yet, no Riddlers. Well, I was just going to say, and yet Jack Nicholson didn't win, and he's won so many Oscars. Do you think that would just fall fall into his lap? And also, no Catwoman. So, come on, what's that say? That Halle Berry didn't deserve. No, no, she didn't. <laughs> she did not deserve. I, I mean, for all that they talk about, you know, we're talking right now about like DC going, "Hey, knock yourself out, go, go crazy." Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cat- well, I don't. Let's put that. Let's. Yeah. Catwoman had nothing to do with nothing, and they just went, "Meh, it's fine." She's a Catwoman. She's nothing yeah. to do with Gotham. Go to town. Uh, I mean, there was a movie called Steel that came out. That exists. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's lots of bad Marvel movies too. Before, you know, they started Kevin. Figa or Figa, how do you say it? Are you talking about uh, Man-Thing? Is this what you're talking about? Are you talking well, about there's Daredevil, Man Electra. Man-Thing. Man-Thing, the Punisher films. Ooh. Not good movies. You can be entertained by them you if you want. You can really be entertained by but they're them. But not, they're, they're not good movies. Oh, especially, the, especially the one I watched with Thomas Jane. I didn't oh. think that was a good movie at all. Oh, that made me laugh when... Uh... <laughs> Uh, God damn, that made me laugh. The whole movie or just a scene in it? Okay, well, first of all, the scene that made me laugh, obviously, was, you know, the the original origin to the Punisher is he's with his family in a picnic in the park, mm. and there's a mob hit, and his family gets killed, and you're like, oh, that's... But that's also in the TV show, like the, the Netflix yeah, show, too. Absolutely, it is. It's is, it, is, it, is it in... Is it canon? Is it, like, in the comic? In the series? comic, his family, yeah. his wife... I think two kids, mm-hmm. they get killed. At a picnic in the park? At a picnic in the park. So, yeah. what the Thomas Jane movie decided to do. Yeah. Because, listen, we've seen that since the, like a billion times. You know, this is your Death Wish stuff, right? Sure, This sure. is your basic, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the mob or bad guys come in and they kill uh, your wife and they kill a child, maybe two children. Sure. If it's this kind of movie, there's a sexual assault as well. There you go. <laughs> We're not going to do that because it's Marvel. Okay, so the Thomas Jane movie... No, it's okay in the comics, but not in the movies. So the Thomas... Here's what the Thomas Jane movie does. Yeah. Is Thomas Jane's character is going to a family reunion. And so he goes to a family reunion where every member of his family, like all of his cousins, all of his uncles, everyone, dozens and dozens of people that he's related to are there. And that's where the mob hit happens. And every relative that he's got in the world is slaughtered. And that was just, oh, no, you're not going to kill absolutely every one of his relatives, are you? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm throwing my hands up. I'm going, okay, we're, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. We're doing it. And, you know, the rest of it is just kind of bananas as well. Until you get to the next one. Uh, and that one's even more bananas. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 seriously, I would say at some point, sit down, watch the one afterwards and just tell me that that's not fun. Okay, I, th- I think it's on uh, Tubi, so maybe I'll yeah, yeah, give it a yeah. Give it a it's view. just over the top. Like there's just one scene where like the Punisher punches a guy through his face. Like he's just in, you know, he's 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 about to like fight a guy in the living room. Yeah, he just punches the guy and just his fist goes through his face and yeah. into the wall. Yeah, it's just that's the kind of movie it is. It's mm. just 
over the top, full on, yeah. no shit, here we go. Sure. I, I mean, was all for it. I'm sure it's fun, but those aren't good movies. What's I okay? Don't, okay, Scorsese. <laughs> it's not me, cinema. You tell me. It is not cinema, well, sir. That's a good, okay. Excuse me while I put on my beret. Fair enough. So you so if you had a choice of watching yeah. either a good movie yeah. or a movie where you're gonna have a good time, yeah. what do you pick? Well, depends what we're talking about. That's a very that's a very vague <laughs> So But in general, would you rather have uh, watch a good movie? I'd rather or, watch a good movie than watch a movie that then you have, have a good, good time, time at. Yeah. Because that's very vague. Like I don't feel like that could be like a movie that's so bad it's entertaining. Which mm-hmm. you know that's not that's okay sometimes, but it's not my favorite thing to do in the world. So. Okay. Yeah. No. A good movie. Okay. Good movie. Okay. There's fun good movies, sir. Sure. Oh no, no. There's some crossover in there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, there is. Yeah. But I, I think like if a movie is a good time, then to me it's, uh, it's good. But you know, define things as you define things. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, like I, th- I mean, well, obviously the Punisher film, I th- it's crass. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, you know, but it, it is it what it is? Over and the is top it, and, and is campy it, is it, and. Is, is is it a very good version of what it is? You know, if you don't like musicals and you're watching a musical, mm-hmm. then this movie sucks. <laughs> yep. You know, but if you take it as like I like, lo- you know, I'm here for a musical. Yeah. How is it as a musical? It's a really good musical. Yeah. Oh, well, then I'm good. It's an enjoyable musical. Sure. That's fine. Sure. If you're watching an early 1970s exploitation movie, uh, you know, and you're look at this. <laughs> you know, or you take it as this is what it is and how is it a good one of these? And yeah. are you having a good time? And is the audience screaming around you? Yeah. Then all right. I'm taking that. Hmm. I guess. See, I mean, you can have a movie like Last House on the Left, which I do genuinely believe is like a good movie. It's okay. not. It's not just a good time, but it's a good. It's a well-made, sure. well-structured, well-put-together film that's very tonally strange, but it it works as as what for what it is. Whereas I don't know. I saw that Punisher film, and I just I thought it was kind of boring. Fair enough. The Thomas Jane one. I thought I thought the actors were in two different films. Oh, uh, John Travolta, Travolta was in yeah. a different movie than Thomas Jane was. Sure. And I just thought that was very strange. And I just found... Yeah, there's a lot of not great in it. And then, that. and then you have a character that, like the Punisher, who's supposed to be like this independent, you know, isolated guy who just works on his own. And then next thing you know, he has like six people surrounding him and they're all working together in some sort of team situation. That's, and, a, that's a comic thing. Yeah, that's a comic I, thing where uh, Frank moves into this tenement... And you know, again, he's a loner. It's a com- it's a comic written by Garth Ennis and yeah. drawn by Steve uh, Dillon and uh, the the creators of um, uh, Preacher. And okay. and over time, he gets to know the neighbors reluctantly, and then uh, the the bad guys attack the neighbors to get to yeah. him, and uh, he uh, befriends the neighbors in his most punishery style and uh, defends them, and uh, you know, and seeks revenge. Mm. Kicks a lot of ass. Once again, how come Jack, Jack Nicholson didn't, didn't win an Oscar for that movie? Because uh, he was not a comic book. As good as it gets. What is that movie called? Anyway, is that uh, does he uh, does he have a couple of guns and start? No, no, it's just, he's just like a neighbor who hates everyone, and then he has to begrudgingly befriend people. Oh, okay. Same, same movie, less gunplay. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I don't know, something I just didn't enjoy it. So. That's all right. You know, sorry about Look, that. if you don't enjoy it, didn't it, tick all the boxes for me. If, if you didn't enjoy it, then it's not a good time. Yeah. for you, it didn't tickle my particular funny bone. Fair enough. Do you like sometimes uh, seeing a movie that is uh, just crass and? Uh, oh yeah. Woo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How about something? Okay. Uh, Rocky Horror. You've gone to that. Uh, is that a good movie? No. 
but it's a good time. It's a fun time for sure. I wouldn't. You, it's it's no good watching it at home no. on the on a TV set. Like that's just no way to see that movie. But watching a theater with a bunch of people goofing around, then yeah, that's fun. But I don't think it's a good movie. I just think it's a fun time. The people have made a fun time around that movie. Kind of like most of the films on MST3K, mm-hmm. the movies aren't good. Nope. But the show makes them fun. The show is the fun time, you know. Right. But sometimes they can't make it fun. There's some things that are just unfunnable. You know, I think we're talking about like the Transformers films as being impossible to watch, even with like for me. Well, they don't give you room to have fun. They're no, that's I guess that's it. And they did do like some riff tracks versions of the Transformers films, and so I tried to watch the second one mm. with riff tracks, and I couldn't. I couldn't even get through it. You know, it's just so ridiculously boring. It's like a comic book where there's just too much detail in it, mm. and then too much dialogue as well. And it's just too dense. And then there's the drawing of a girl, and you're like, eh, I don't feel comfortable looking at this in public. I don't feel good about anything. Is that a female transformer? Well, why has she got those parts? Well, then what does she use them for? In a human, yes. In a robot, what? They're called headlights. Yeah. The, the Omni magazine was correct. They predicted this, and it came to pass. It came to pass. Yeah. I, so, so you'll... You'll watch a film that, like, you, obviously, I think most people like that. Most people watch, like, a bad movie or just a movie that's for fun. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a movie for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, off the top of my head, they, uh, listen, almost any 80s movie, I'd go, you know, eh, let's just watch it. Does it still hold up? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, look, <laughs> is Back to the Future good? Is it? I don't know. I haven't, I don't, I haven't watched it since I it. don't know. But people... People love it structurally. It's got a good payoff, I suppose. I never liked it. Technically, it's okay. You never like movies? I never liked that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never liked movies. I, going, I thought there was a big, there was a big thing that was being said there. <laughs> no, I never liked that movie. I find, I find uh, Back to the Future is such an odd film for me. Like structurally, it's it's correct. Structurally, it's correct, but yeah. I don't I don't care for it. But people, oh man, they love it so much. But it's such a weird. It's a, it's a home video movie, so it came out a time when people could watch it over and right, over again. But it's like. You know, at the core of it, it's, you know, it's an incest comedy where your mom wants to, like, do you. And, you, and you're fighting off your mom, mm-hmm. your hot mom, yeah. who's like, oh, just wants to just nail you. And I'm like, this is... This well, it's is not really... It's, it's more a comedy of, of embarrassment than it is an incest comedy. Like, there's no sex between the mom and the, the boy. No, no, no. The, the, the humor of it he's is able the, to fight her off. Yeah, that, that's the humor of it is the awkwardness of it. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. If that's what you want. I mean, yeah. that, it's, that's a good setup, I think, for, for humor. Like, it, that would, that, that's a good idea, I think. Okay. That your mom wants to yeah. have sex She doesn't with know who you are, and you can't tell her. Okay. You know? But you are, like, this totally different person that... You're you know. not wrong that people like it. Yeah. Like, so you're correct. But... Uh, no one really uh, jumped on that wagon and rode it farther than that movie. And, and, uh, the, and the Futurama second and, Futurama rode it really much oh, farther. That's true. And the second, <laughs> and the second and third movie uh, did not have anything like that in it at all. Mm-hmm. They were kind of just straight cartoons. And are they are they good? Are these movies that are as good as that movie? The second film, again, the second film technically is right. Technically. Uh, tight as a drum. Mm-hmm. Really good technically. Great ending. Okay. Uh, you're introduced to a future world that's actually exciting in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hit your nostalgia buttons correctly. <laughs> um, the makeup's terrible. Um, uh, the guy playing Biff does a great job. Tom Wilson does a good job. 
yeah, it's all fine. But, uh, you know, where's the incest? I kept yelling. <laughs> and then the weird thing at the end of, of, of yeah. uh, Back to the Future, of course, is, you know, uh, Biff is defeated when he tries to uh, sexually assault the mum. And then Crispin Glover uh, grabs him and punches him in the face. And she's basically my hero. And now they're together. And, you know, because he was a manly man, uh, that changes everything. And now he's macho in the future. And uh, and now Biff works for him. And it's like, okay, I get that you're macho in the future. Yeah. I get that things have gotten better for you. Why have you hired your wife's would-be rapist <laughs> to, to wash the car? Yeah. Like, why is he near the house... Are you always around? Yeah. Because this doesn't... You have a child, right? Like, why are you having the sex offender yeah. working for you on your fancy car? I get that. Oh, now he's uh, down a bunch of notches and this will show him. Sure. But it's still not a great idea to have the sex <laughs> offender who tried to sexually assault your wife yeah. uh, work for you. Just cut him off, man. Yeah. That's not a way, good way to go. I guess you're going to have to send a letter to 1989. It's a weird... Or whenever that movie Here's came what out. it does. It makes it also a weird, kinky relationship. We're just like, I'm really humiliating him in front of my missus. And she digs it. And it's like, okay, I guess. You're making me imagine them all dressed in leather. For I this, guess. This and, of course, recently, uh, the thing that struck me was, you know, you've got uh, Doc Brown, you know, who uh, almost gives a time machine to the Libyans. Yeah. <laughs> you know... For what reason? Because uh, he wants to build a time machine. He thinks it's yeah. worth risking giving a time machine to the Libyans. Yeah. And almost, you know, that would destroy the world. Doc. Hey, Doc. You almost destroyed the world. Give it to the Libyans. Yeah. Yeah. And then he risks the kid's life and that's eh, all fine. And then uh, almost makes the kid have sex with his mom. Hey, Doc Brown. You almost <laughs> made some time travel incest there because you, you, or you might give a time machine to the Libyans. It's a complicated <laughs> film. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I'm not big on you testing it on your dog either. That's not great. <laughs> in the, uh, yeah, I don't remember. He tests the uh, he tests the time machine first of all on his dog Einstein. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the dog drives the car. Um, That's pretty no, talented. It's a self driving car somehow. Oh, okay. Sometimes. Okay. Uh, but he puts the dog in there with no seatbelt. I don't think. And then uh, yeah, the dog travels through time, and then his dog's fine. And we're oh, that's great. The dog's fine. Yeah, but the dog could have died. Yeah. That could have ended up in a dinosaur's mouth. Just thinking of the fly. So I guess that was a bad time for pets, scientists, scientists pets. Does uh, Fly is good. Fly is a good movie. It's a very good movie. Yeah. It's a very good movie. Fly 2 isn't a very good movie. That's a very boring movie. Yeah. Very boring movie. Yeah, I guess that's my, my metric is not good or bad or it's just boring or not boring. <laughs> I, I guess I don't. Uh, I've got a different threshold for boring. Because when it, I think when I shift to boring... I just start writing another movie in my own head, and, yeah. and then I see what can I get out of this, and I start disassembling the film for parts. And I'm like, well, what was good about this? That, well, can we keep that and ditch the rest? Yeah, all right then. Here we go. What's good about Back to the Future? You know? I think you and I digest digest movies differently than each other. Yeah, you like other. watching it, and you don't like uh, going off on your own tangents. It's it. not that. It's, a, it's I think it's that I don't... I don't react immediately to a movie. I have to think about it for a while. I have to stew stew on it and then kind of come to back to it. Okay. If I, when I first see it, I don't really have like a lot of thoughts about it. I have to it has to be in me for a few days and then then I start to think about it more. Like a virus. Like a virus, exactly. You never let the virus like really get take over your body. <laughs> that's, that's all I ask for. Yeah. Yeah, so I I pre- would prefer to like yeah, if I could like 
because people ask me like if i see a movie people will ask me the way how was the movie i'll go pretty good yeah it was fine or, you know i liked it or whatever and then they'll see them be like be like you like that movie it's terrible and i'll be like oh yeah it wasn't a very good movie <laughs> you know, I, was just re- I was reacting the day the day after i saw it or whatever i'm not i haven't really thought about it yet it takes usually takes me a while because you know i'm yeah i just have to sort of think about it and, yeah and kind gonna- of it Think about my feelings about the film. I'd be curious what you think of um, uh, The Green Knight when you see it. I saw it. Oh, okay. And yeah. So just generally, what would you think? I thought it was uh, the, the the colored version of uh, A Field in England. Okay, which is a film you saw that I have not seen. Okay. But it is the same director, yeah. It's not the same director. No. Is it? No. What's uh, the connection? Just the uh, kind of psychedelic... There's, uh, no, there's no connection between the two? No. Okay. Because one is uh, Ben Wheatley, and the other one was directed by Tom... Fowley, I think his name is. Okay. I can't remember. Sorry, I can't remember the name of the director of. Uh, he has a weird filmography. The director of the Green Knight. Okay. Like he's tried to sell it a couple times and it didn't really go well for him. But he's done a couple weird like movies where he kind of like okay, he made the Green Knight, cool. He made this movie, yep, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Made what? <laughs> has so did you? Okay, so uh, okay, so so was a, a field in England based on uh, a, an old legend? Or no, something? no, but I just I just thought that the that the um, both films had a very kind of spaced out feel, you know, like a very surreal feeling to them of, of uh, you know, what you're seeing wasn't quite reality. Okay. And, but for different reasons, the field in England is a, is there in a, it's sort of a, it's sort of a metaphor. It's metaphysical riddle, the movie, whereas the green Knight is a moral tale and it, you know, it uses symbol, it uses symbolism to tell a story. Because you know, it's telling this this old story, mm-hmm. you know, which a song basically. It was a song that was sung, the Green Knight, and so it kind of takes the, the idea of like this is a song that we're here we're, we're watching, you know, and it takes all those symbols and, and it's a very interesting film. Yeah, no, I thought it was a it was a good filmy film that was a very film. It's very A twenty four. Let's put it that way, which is the distributor who, you know, do movies like I've heard other people say exactly that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. This is this is an A twenty four's wheelhouse. You know, like if you go to a movie and it's A twenty four, this is what you expect. And I went, in, I went into it not knowing anything about it. Like here's all. I, I think that's a good way to see it. Well, maybe and maybe not. Um, <laughs> I think there was a lot of people when I where I saw it who were there for an action movie. And did not get an action movie. Well, the trailer uh, was a little different. The trailer uh, shows a lot of the visuals, the yeah. interesting visuals. Yeah. But it packs them in a tight space so you think, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Because it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And this is a big thing. This is a cute thing. This is a small thing. This yeah. is a jokey thing. Here we go. And it's like, okay, we're going to really water down this soup now. <laughs> and we're going to have an interesting color palette. We're going to spread it around. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I wonder what that main character is going to be like. Mm, it's kind of doing this or the whole thing. Huh? What? And it's like they're <laughs> kind of confused and not happy about how things are going. Uh, and do you like the woods? There's going to be a lot of woods. You're going to be going through the woods for a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, the the, the uh, images were beautiful. Some of the landscapes they found for that film were just fantastic. Well, I mean, on the ba- on the most basic friggin' level, it's like, because again, I knew nothing about it, like mm-hmm. except I know it's an old poem. Yeah. Based on the Arthurian legend. Yeah, didn't know that. Okay. That's the thing. That's the fucking problem for me. It's like, you know, thing one, like, I don't know who that king is. I don't know any of this. King Arthur? Yeah, that's lovely. I didn't know that. No one <laughs> fucking says that. No one says that. So, you yeah. know, that's one of those things that, like, if someone just, like, dropped that, I'd be like, oh, okay, so that's Morgan Le Fay. That's this, that's this, that's this. Yeah. That's this, that's this. Those are the nights at the round table. Just make sure that, oh, that all makes sense. Okay, yeah, now that I it, got some it was. They were sitting at a round table. They were sitting at a horseshoe. <laughs> 
table. That was not a round table. That was a horseshoe with a big opening at the end. That is not a circle. That is a letter U. But if you don't, yeah. How would the Green Knight get into the center then? Like the very first, okay, but the very first poem that's there, you know, you, you know, the greatest legend of old is the legend of Arthur. Well, this isn't that. I'm like, all right, so this isn't that. But it didn't say, but there he is, and this is his friend, and this is his team. His nephew. It's great. Yeah. That's, I know it was a nephew of the king, but no one says that this is King Arthur. You know, it's just like, oh, you know this, right? No, I don't know that. I know okay. nothing. So, you know, I'm, I'm going into it with that. Going, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it's really beautiful and, and well done. And, uh, you know, I've got a very different idea of uh, what gallant, gallant uh, gallantry is, is, I guess, and what it means to be a knight and uh, noble things. And I thought the knights were assholes. And, uh, you know, but it's like, no, no, they're all fine. <sighs> it's fine. I know a lot of people that did SCT, S, SCTV. I know a lot of people that did the SCA. Okay. Society for Creative and yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people that like to go out into the woods and hit each other with swords when mm. they were younger. Mm-hmm. This, it's hard for me to see this and not go, they would all love this movie <laughs> and play this movie every week. They would love it. Yeah. And I go, to me, it was like, this is a very beautiful, well done film. This is a film that you can't not say is cinema. This is a film that has a lot of subtext. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I don't have time for the, all this subtext. <laughs> What's that mean? Well, you know, it's symbolic of what's it mean? Well, you know, the five things that a knight must do. I don't know those things. Well, why don't you watch a video afterwards and we'll explain the movie to you? <laughs> or I can just see it in the movie. How about you let me know? I didn't, I didn't feel like it needed to, that sort of explanation. I, I didn't, I, I, you know, I didn't. Um, and now that you say that, I go, oh, okay, I see what the, tit- the intertitles meant. <laughs> I didn't realize that either. But it didn't. Dis- no, I watched it. I watched it. Didn't destroy my, it didn't destroy my. It didn't destroy my. Basically, all these, all these videos that were like, "What that meant? What yeah. was this about? Yeah. What's the deal here?" Man, those that movies. Ending? They sure and, come up fast. Those videos. And 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 I didn't know there was a bonus scene. Oh yeah. I didn't know there. Was, how would I know that? How would I know in an artsy fucking movie that you're gonna have like an end uh, end of the credits bonus scene? What would you even think that was gonna be the case? There's no reason for that. I, I, to be honest, I always stay. I always stay through. That's lovely. Credits. You can see that, that you got the British Columbia tax credits for some reason, yeah. even though it's in a very different place in the world, and I don't know why that is every time. But CG, we sure CGI. Do. That's good. We give. There's a lot of tax credits. You'll see. Enjoy. You'll see that too. Like Quebec will get tax I see credits. The giant peach, and I see my tax dollars getting paid. <laughs> they didn't Fine. film it in Atlanta, but yeah, it's okay. Fine, but you know that bugged me that I missed part of the move. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. I have to think now that I don't really remember the scene, though. I don't think it's a very big... I'm not going to say the final scene. No, don't say podcast. that. Yeah. Don't say that. But involve, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mime it for you. I'm going to mime it for you. That involves a thing that I'm miming. Oh, yeah, about. yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right. that was a thing. Okay. All right, I just danced around like a little horse. I mean, the movie does change the... <laughs> no, the movie does change the story in some of its... Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of take, takes it in its, own, in its own place. Like in the... Original poem, the incident takes place on New Year's, but the movie moves it to Christmas. I thought that was an interesting uh, choice. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of felt like the Green Knight kind of becomes like the sort of stand-in for like paganism, uh, you know, of old England, of the old, old, old England. And then okay. Arthur is the, the Christian. The chain, you know, I just thought it was sort of... Sort yeah, of you can do that. You can, yeah. you can do that. That's, that's good. 
Yeah, that's good. You can do that. You can say he's nature. You can yeah. say he's old England. You can yeah. say you know he's corruption. You can say it's. A, you can say it, you can have a nice talk afterwards with drinks at the pub, and you'll have a nice talk about it. And that's good. That's yeah, fine. And you can talk about how it's different from the from the original version. If you know the poem, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you decide to read mm-hmm. the poem beforehand and didn't uh, do me, which is like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go in without knowing what the poem is. Yeah. So I'm going to enjoy it because I don't know what the twists and the turns are, <laughs> and I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. They're not going to Beowulf me. I'm going to watch this and I'm going to enjoy it. Here we go. And what? Huh? <laughs> What? I don't. Uh, well, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's huh. funny. Yeah, I liked it very much. But I can understand. When I, w- when I saw Field of England, which I saw with, with Vicky, uh, former Who friend of the show, Vicky Van, and my wife, also a former friend of the show. Oh, I was going to be like, Vicky's your wife? No. You never and mentioned that all, in all this we, time. We also. That's quite um, the twist. My wife also came. We went and saw a field in England down in Pel- Bellingham. And we left the theater, and I was like, that was great. And they were like, Oh, you liked it? I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so I can see, you know, I can like I really, I really like those sort of movies that really trip, that get really trippy and weird, and and you know the characters have these strange dreams, and or there's these I enjoy sequences David Lynch. that are I enjoy, yeah, it. I enjoy yeah. it, talking it out afterwards. Uh, you know what <laughs> so, it felt like to me though at times was, you know, when I saw the mists going through the forest, mm-hmm. I was like. This is Holy Grail without the laughs. Like, <laughs> sure. all I need is some guys with coconuts to just come around the corner and go, what is your quest? Yeah. And uh, we find out what their yeah, quest we, is. Yeah, I always think that when I see something Arthurian. Yeah, also not enough shit in it for, uh, for a thing of that period. Whenever I see that, I figure, like, there's going to be someone with a bucket of shit throwing it out a window. Like, there's going to be, that's always going to happen in that kind of movie. But we didn't get that, so that's no, fine. That's gonna, that's, that went the, went, the, went the way of the 70s. All that kind of yeah, stuff. Terry Gilliam kind of like put the put the yeah into that. He's got the copyright on that yeah. after Jabberwock. So yeah, it's very Jabber. Again, you think Jabberwock, <laughs> you think buckets of shit. <laughs> yep, yep. They really like that, but it's funny because uh, I think I mentioned before, but Terry Jones, you know, on the commentary track for Holy Grail, talks about how like a lot of their assumptions are, are about the Middle Ages were quite wrong. So you know, if they de- if they did it with more knowledge of what you know. Now that we have more knowledge of that time period in terms of how people lived and stuff like that, they would be a little different in the movie. But that's okay. Yeah. And I can't listen. I can have a conversation afterwards about the Green Knight and like, oh, how about this character? What do you think they were about? What's this deal? Was this like a hallucination? Was this real? What was that? And it'd be interesting, you know? So you have an interesting talk about it afterwards. It's, I mean, I'm glad I, listen, I'm glad I saw it. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. It put stuff in my head uh, that was, that was, that was cool. Uh, so I'm 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 fine. I'm fine with it. We had we had some, we went and saw it at um, we went and saw it at the Cottonwood in Chilliwack, which is kind of a, a it's a second run cinema basically. They do play new movies there, but and they'll play they also like they won't play like the big movies. Like you're not going to go there and see Black Widow right now. If you go there in a month, maybe then Black Widow will be there. You know, mm-hmm. but they'll have movies like this that are a little bit weird, like say Minari or or or. Um, What's that other film with Aquafina where she's the funeral? Is that what it's called? Where she goes to? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they play movies like that. We went and saw that movie there. Yeah, sorry, you know, I didn't see that. So they'll play those sort of movies, and then they'll play like Peter Rabbit two and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, because sometimes kids go in the wrong theater and they get traumatized. It is great. It's good for them. Yeah, people die, but the um, yeah. So, but it was funny because there was yeah, there's some chatty Cathy's in the in the in the theater, which really irks me. But what was good was that they were. They were like kind of mad about the movie because it wasn't yeah. what I think they were in there thinking, yeah. oh, this is going to be like some knights and battles and yeah. stuff like that. And it turns out it's, it's this wrong, long metaphysical dream journey, you know, with a, a kind of a 
what do you call it, when the, uh, you know, where the character wanders through all these various situations and yeah. stuff like that. It was very classic, classic storytelling technique for what lasted forever, right? Like Tom Jones is the same sort of story yeah. and, and things like that. It wasn't by any means a hero's journey. It was, uh, it, it was, it, yeah. No, it's know. a human journey. He's not a hero. He's a human. Mm, I don't think he's a human. He's a, he's a knight. So um, and knights are... Uh, well, he's only a knight when he returns. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe he returns, maybe he doesn't. We don't know. We, we don't know. You're making assumptions. Uh, but, All right. But uh, he's going Sorry. on a, a journey to become a knight. Mm-hmm. And a, a journey to become a knight is different than a journey to become a human. Mm-hmm. Often the things you would do as a knight are not things you would do as a human. Well, they're both... A, they're, they're very similar. But yeah, I see what you mean. How yeah, are they yeah. similar? No, I just mean that he is not, he is not like the living embodiment of our ideal of what a knight is. No, no, that's the he thing. Is, he, every, he's he a flawed human. He fails in every way. Yeah, he yeah. fails at every, everything. Yeah. He, succeeds, he succeeds in a way that a human would. Like, mm-hmm. this is what a human would do. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense as a human. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're trying to survive. And so, you know, you're this, this, this. That makes sense. Oh, this person's seducing you. Oh, well, as a human, uh, she's given consent. You're a person. There's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. What's the big deal? But as a knight, you've got a different level of what you should do. But as a human, go for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it after the show because there's things things I could yeah. I want to say about it, but sure. I can't. I have I'm I'm respecting our, lis- our yeah, listeners. We had uh, a uh, we had a coffee right. Jones behind us, and so we ended up having. Even though they say before, don't move around. Fuck that. We're moving around. <laughs> we had a guy coughing behind us, so we had to like move to a worse seat. Are they not Are they not separating the rows now in the theaters? Uh, we went to Tinseltown, and oh. there was someone directly behind us. We, oh. there was, they do a space uh, to the sides. But you can sit in front or behind people. Oh, okay. Which boo? But we're going to a theater tonight, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they they have uh, made us an island. You know, which yeah, I prefer. Yeah, I like that. That's with the Cineplex. So when you book your tickets, they 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 also book the seats around you. They as build a, a little moat. They build and me, they fill a little it with mini uh, Seven Up. Yeah. And they put a little tiny Why seven up? toy shark. In Why there. Seven Up? Because it looks like water. Okay. Yeah. What if about, they put, if they put what about like, Blue Gatorade? Be very Caribbean. Uh, I guess so. It doesn't really look like water. If they put Coke, it would look like shit. It would look like Jaguar. See <laughs> if we were seeing uh, the Green Knight. Yeah. Although, as you say, there wasn't enough. There was a, there was mud and stuff in that movie, but there wasn't. You're right. Here's what I'm gonna do when because uh, what did you? F- I just want to ask you one more question. Oh, please, please. I'm gonna say an actor who's in the movie. I hope that's okay. But Barry Keoghan. Barry. Yes. Ke- what, when you saw him, were you all like? That no, no, he's sneak. fine. I, I know he used to be in uh, uh, my wife's TV show, Why the Last Man, uh, and then yeah, he had other things. And it, it basically there was the uh, COVID times, and yeah. so there's a lot of time off, and so went to do other things, and mm-hmm. things changed. And the person they've got now, I think, is fantastic. We watched a trailer for that today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no. it just came out, and yeah, I think uh, I think it's, uh, it's. I think it was a good choice. I think it was. I thought. Yeah, I don't want to say like, hey, that's better, that's worse. I don't want to insult the guy. And I no, think I, think, I do. Let me just let me get down to that. I no. thought he did a really good job in Green Knight. I think he's going to do a really good job in Eternals. Uh, he was really nice from when we met him, and he was yeah. really into what he did. Yeah. So I respect him, and I thought that's that's great. But the guy they got now, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm so glad that local actor uh, Diana Bang is playing, uh, you know, um, a Doctor Man, and uh, she's got a good laugh line in the trailer, and it's like, yeah, that's that's just nice. That's um, nice. Yeah, my, I'll just say that Barry, well, uh, has traditionally played like sort of villain villainous characters. So it was a it was a weird casting choice to me for him to play Yorick. Here was the thing. There's another actor that's in there. But a good actor can 
Actors yeah. way past that. So there, uh, I'm going to say there's a there's an actor that's in there. He's a fellow that's in a house with uh, two ladies. I'll say that much. Okay, so you know who I'm talking about? Sure. Okay, that guy. And I, I'm watching him, and I'm like, what has he done? It's bugging me so much. <laughs> Everything. And I was yeah, but I was like, there was something that I was just like, he's done something, and it was not a good movie. And I know it wasn't a good movie, and I know it was near the end of the movie. And by that point in the movie, I'm like, I should just. Just go. He's like, no, just keep watching it. Oh, that guy. Hey, he's doing a good job. I don't think his age is right for this character. What character was that? And then it was like, ah, he's uh, Uncle Owen in the prequels. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's at the very end. He's uh, in like the next to last scene sure. of the prequels to Star Wars, and he's Uncle Owen. And I'm like, yeah, him. He's way too young. No, I don't. I disagree with this. No. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was there. And then he's in he's, this movie. He does a good job in this movie. He was in another movie we were talking about already today. Oh, what was that movie? Bright. Oh, good for him. Huh? He was the blue Smurf, as you called him. Oh, was he the blue Smurf? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> okay. This is this is what I'm going to be doing doing yeah. doing uh, doing during during doing yeah during mm-hmm. Suicide Squad talking. I may whisper to PM. Okay. But I'll be doing this kind of stuff of just like that's the person that Gail. <laughs> that's that character i heard she got a thank you in the credits yeah she gets a thank you. Oh, this guy gail uh fixed that character they weren't any good oh, oh this character <laughs> keith giffen kind of invented this character though they were called something different in an ambush bug uh type story yeah Hope, hopefully they got seats farther away from me <laughs> for me hey see this character oh, boy yeah <laughs> maybe send her a text yeah, that that'll be nice. <laughs> it's a glowing yeah, phone. big glowing screen is Bing. way better. <laughs> and I'll say, poke Dave. <laughs> tell him uh, I want to tell him something about the weasel. <laughs> I want to tell him a secret about King Shark. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am unfortunately looking forward to this movie. Why is that unfortunate? Well, because you know, expectations and disappointment often go hand in hand. Maybe. So I I'm hoping like, that. Uh, I feel this is kind of bulletproof. I really think this is kind of bulletproof. Hmm. Because the first movie was such a success. <laughs> well, it's got nothing. That's the thing. It's like yeah. they've already had the one go out and sure. you saw, oh, okay. So that one got hit by the car. Yeah. All right. We know what we're doing now. Hold yeah. it. Come here. And and also James Gunn, I think, was in the right headspace for this, mm. which is a, I'll show you after getting fired by Marvel. Yeah. And then yeah. getting hired back by Marvel. So it was like, oh, now there's love in his heart. So it's like it's both an I show you and there's love in your heart. Yeah. And then you just get to play with that's the one of the big strengths of DC is goofball characters. Mm-hmm. Weird fucking characters that were invented in the 50, 60, 70 days, just those side weirdo characters. Yeah. And it's great. And you just know like he knows the balance and he knows like when to hit the gore and he knows when to hit the funny. Yeah. And he's got a bit more freedom than he had on Guardians. And it's like, okay, this is going to be fine and fun. The the realistic aspect of the Suicide Squad, which yep. I was going to bring up a little earlier, okay. that doesn't make any sense for me, is, you know, as in the last movie, uh, we're going to send you on this mission. Very, very dangerous. Yep. Basically, the world is at stake. Okay. Which means, you know, call the Justice League. You really should. Sure, yeah. I was like, no, these guys are the worst. Well, no, they, they, they caused it, so they don't want to call the Justice League. Yeah, that's... Well, you're not wrong. You're <laughs> no, um, completely right. But... The idea being that they will go up against a world-endangering problem yeah. and save the world. Sure. Now, if you're Harley Quinn 
you've committed some crimes with the Joker. Yeah. Maybe you've committed a few murders. It's possible. Maybe sure. you killed Robin. Who the hell knows? It's possible. But once you have saved the world, you know, we're going to take a few years off your sentence. A few years? <laughs> Just save the world. Yeah. That's clean slate. No. That's, what's the, what's the deal you're going to have? You're going to go, and then if you, uh, if you, if you succeed, uh, then yeah, you're clean slate. You're fine. No, it's just time off for good behavior. Time off for saving existence, everything, saving everything. Yeah. No, you should, you should, you should just be free. I mean, I understand they want to recruit you again for the next one. Yeah. Because you got to like, you know, you're good at what you are, you know. But like, fuck, give, give Captain Boomerang a goddamn pass. Like, what's the okay, worst? Captain Boomerang. I, I what's can see what's that. the worst thing that fucker did? Yeah. Rob a bank. Okay, he just saved the universe. Okay, yeah. fine. Then you know, give him his boomerangs back. Yeah. Send him out. What's the what's the worst damage he's gonna do? To be fair, Captain Boomerang, we don't get much of his backstory. Mm. Like we don't know how many people he's killed or what else. We just see him robbing a bank. How many do you is think, that all he does? How many do you think he's allowed to kill before you know saving the world means you're free? Three. No, I think if you kill someone, they have to serve a sentence. Doesn't matter what you do around that. Like if a person murdered someone and then they saved the life of a person. In prison, do you think that they should get like a reduced sentence? They murder someone and then they save a billion lives. <laughs> then do you get a reduced sentence? It doesn't matter. What, how doesn't many matter you save? You save a billion. Doesn't billion matter. Lives? No, no. It doesn't matter how many you save. You're you're doing the Captain America. We do not trade lives. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, that's a very ethical stance. <laughs> Thank so you. So you can't be part of the Suicide Squad. Well, that's fine. I think it's a silly name. I mean, to me, obviously, the Justice League are worse. I'm going to form my own squad, the Dangerous Mission Squad. Yeah. I mean, the Justice League, they're all sacks of shit. So it's weird <laughs> that the Suicide Squad are the worst of the worst. <laughs> oh, they're sacks of crap, those guys. So with Gail's characters, did she create them for Suicide Squad or for Sinister Six, which is the one I know from her villainous stories? Um, she created, oh, what's his name? It's the Michael Rooker character, uh, which is, uh, his name means, uh, oh, Savant. Savant. Okay. She created him for her initial run on Birds of Prey. Oh, I see. So they're throwing them, throwing them into the movie. They're throwing them into the movie. I like that. I like that idea that they're just kind of. I guess James Gunn kind of did that with with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as well. He kind of picked picked and chose from the history of the. They did. Um, they they had recently picked these obscure characters for Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic and recast Guardians of the Galaxy. So you got Groot, who was an old 1960s Kirby monster okay. uh, character. You had uh, Rocket Raccoon, who was a 1980s Bill Mantelow weird one-off character that was in the Hulk. Yeah. Um, uh, Gamora and Drax were very different characters that Jim Starlin uh, created for uh, Adam Warlock. Uh, comics. Uh, Drax is actually a guy from Earth hmm. who got changed and put into that body. His daughter is Moon Dragon. It's a pretty good character. Yeah, In fact, good, when you, when you I'm, I'm going to nerd out for a second. <laughs> when you see uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy getting scanned uh, by Peter Serafinowicz and John C. Riley, yeah, uh, and all their information comes up. If you if you look at Drax's information, it says he's from Earth. Oh. So maybe there's a little reveal there later on that he doesn't know he's from Earth and you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, they changed it basically to those characters. But yeah, then they pulled uh, a lot of stuff from, you know, who are the space characters? I don't know. Nova? Fine. The Nova Corps. Hmm. So so we're going to make them like, yeah, they're like Green Lantern. We're basically going to make Green Lantern, but they're Nova. Fine. That's yeah. what they are. Yeah. 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 Give me a good actor to be the leader of them. Glenn Close? Good. Perfect. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Yeah. That's uh, John C. Riley. Good. He can do comedy. He can do. Dra- it's fine. Perfect. 
Give me someone to kill. Peter Serafinowicz. Everyone loves seeing Paris, Peter Serafinowicz die. Let's get him in there. Let's get him in there. Do it. Howard the Duck. Yep. <laughs> everyone, everyone was waiting for that. Yeah. No one was waiting for that. That's what I'm hoping with this. It's like, if the guy who like pulled Howard the Duck out from nowhere uh, has access to the DC catalog, oh boy, I think you're going to have some fun weird characters <laughs> in this. Well, Howard the Duck was a movie, speaking of bad Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was not a good movie. I don't care how much fun you had in it. <laughs> what made Howard the Duck a bad movie? What made Howard the Duck a bad movie? Yeah, why was that a stinkeroo when everyone thought this is going to be great? And why the com- the comic was a cult uh, classic. People yeah. really enjoyed it. It was good satirical fun. Um, yeah. Really good 20 issues or so, I think. Uh, why was the movie a stinkeroo? Why did that not work? Uh, I have no idea. I've not, I've not seen it for quite a while. I'm going to say. Yeah. Because Howard, the whole idea was he was stuck in a world he never made. And so he was the outsider who would comment on human culture. Yeah. So he'd walk into a place and go, eh, what's that smell? And then he'd just go off on a rant about society and the problem with society. And he'd smoke a cigar and he was a big grump. Yeah. And his girlfriend would be, oh, Howie. And, you know, listen, babe, we're going to do this. Eh, this kind of stuff. I'm like, all right, that's, that's fine. But they made Howard the weird thing. And it's like, no, no, we're the weird thing. Yeah. Howard is the most normal thing. And he's com- the the duck with no pants. It's the most normal thing, and he's commenting on shit. It's the it's the Fantastic Four mistake. Yeah, you make Fantastic Four are the most interesting things. No, Fantastic Four are the most boring things. They go into the weird world. Yeah. and then they react to the world. That's that's true. That's that's yeah. very true. That's why the, the I agree with you. That's where the Fantastic Four and the tiny too. condom. The tiny condom also was the reason. Do you remember the tiny condom? I don't remember, but there if was you... a, there was a moment where uh, Howard and uh, Bev were going to have sex. And you saw that he had a little tiny duck condom, which, if you know anything about duck it's penises, yeah. is completely inaccurate. Yeah, yeah. Should have looked like well, I don't even know. I don't know <laughs> but uh, it was just just seeing the condom itself. Yeah, it should look it should look like the the trail of, like the trail of glass in one of those you know movie chemistry uh, thingies where it's you know the you're, it's just like a spiral yeah. thingy and then it goes up it, and down. It was and a bridge over. too far. <laughs> Well, and, the, and and let me just say the okay. biggest mistake to his design. Yeah, eyes too small. Mm-hmm. That is always a problem. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the it's the mistake that they used to have with dolls back in the old days. Why old dolls look creepy is because the babies have eyes that are too small. Mm-hmm. They realize make the eyes bigger. We bond with them more. We like them more. In the comic, his eyes are huge. Yeah, here they made them small. They're squinty. They're eh, you don't like them. You need to kind of make them big. Yeah. Uh, Rocket has big eyes. Works. <laughs> E.T. Big eyes. It works. Yeah. Howard, small eyes, no, big flop. Flopperoo. I was just going to say that, yeah, before you said about the condom, which is that, yeah, it's one thing to have like a relationship between a female, like a human female and a duck in a comic book. But when you make them into like human character, like human looking characters in a movie, the the physiology of it becomes much more disturbing. And you start, you kind of, you kind of jump off the train to your death. Okay. Here's my question too about that. It's like, so uh, obviously... Okay, they're laying down two things here. One, yep. the condom has two purposes. One, it's 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 uh, for s- social diseases. Yeah. So, is there like a duck herpes that that's possible to sure. pass on? Sure. Some sort of duck gonorrhea. That's that opens a whole gate. Yeah. He's yeah. an interdimensional character. I understand. Maybe that's the thing. But yeah. Is that what we're saying? I don't think that's what we're saying. I think what we're and also you know it was the eighties. You got to be careful. Um. 
but the other idea is that it's uh, anti, you know, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to have uh, pregnancy. Uh, what would happen if that happened? Like, would she lay an egg? Like, what happens? <laughs> would it be a half egg, like a half duck, yeah. half human? Well, like, if he's wearing a condom, then we can assume that he is not totally a duck, but a some sort of anthropomorphic, like almost human duck that has issues, you know, sperm. Let's get let's just say the word for everyone. Sperm. He will come inside her and then impregnate impregnate her. With yeah, but with what? Well, he's wearing a condom. I mean, if he wasn't wearing that's a condom, we assume that he's wearing what a condom in order to block be? himself from. What could the results be? Well, will I... it be a live birth or will it be an egg? No, no, it won't be an egg. Why won't it be? He's a duck. Because he's not a duck. Well, he's a he human, looks like human a duck. duck. Oh wait, he looks like a duck, but he's not he a duck. Like a duck, but he's not a he's... duck. Oh well, very interesting. Because he's not a duck. What? Uh, what's what's his name? Well, he's Howard. The the thing that looks like a duck. No, we leave that off. Nope. Howard the Duck is his name. We've established in his name that he's a duck. But he's not. A, he's not. A, he's not a duck like our ducks. He is a duck from another another world. Duck world. From Duck World. Yeah. And so he is not our ducks. He is he's from Duck. He's not from Duckburg. That can't be. That can't possibly be right. But he he can't. So he's not like our ducks who have lay eggs and stuff like that. He he comes from. He has a different thing going on there. That's why he's wearing a condom. It's to prevent him from. Coming inside her and impregnating her. Okay, so yeah, he does come from Duck World, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I'm not sure where his uh, actual city city. It's New York City. It could it could be, <laughs> and and uh, he can be hurt. They mentioned the difference between him and Wally Coyote. If he gets run over by a steamroller, he's dead. <laughs> okay, seems like a weird. A weird thing to say, like were people comp- comparing him to Wiley Coyote? Well, like, he looks like a cartoon character, so okay, you know, you have a thing about like if a cartoon character is in the real world, yeah, can they be hurt? Could you blow them up with dynamite, Bugs Bunny style? Sure. No, you cannot. He will. Uh, you, you can only erase him with paint thinner. Well, yeah, if you put him in the dip, yeah, I, I assume. Let's see. That will that will kill. That will kill. Doesn't him. say where 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 he's from. Yeah. Sorry. No, I'm not saying he's not a duck in in his version of what a duck I'm is. Just I'm saying just saying he's not he's not our duck. Okay. He's not our speechless, you know, not not not. I don't want to say not sentient, but not does not have you know the reasoning powers and stuff that we have. Yeah, he appeared first of all in a Man Thing, um, came oh. through a hole in the nexus of all realities, okay. which a Man Thing guards. Oh, I didn't know that. Part of Man Thing's job. That's one of his jobs, is guarding the nexus of all all realities. That's true. So he cannot... What if he leaves? Is it unguarded then? It is unguarded, and things can come through it, and have. Okay. Yes, that has been a problem. I think a a Shuma Gorath has come through, which is a Cthulhu-like monster that that Doctor Strange has had to fight. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I I know all this bullshit. Yeah, you sure do. Yeah. And and yeah, and uh, eventually he got his own comic after... After appearing in a giant size man thing where he fought, wow, that Garko. is a great title for a it's book. It's a great, so good. Uh, which, of course, you know he doesn't have because you saw the condom. Um, he <laughs> well, fought. he has small size duck thing. Yeah, giant size man thing is totally. Well, different. he was the backup story. Yeah. So okay. Uh, so uh, yeah, he fought Garko the Man Frog and Bessie the Hell Cow. All right. And Bessie the Hell Cow. Yeah. Did become part of continuity. In, in Marvel and would appear in various comics. Uh, the idea of Bessie the Hellcow, if I'm remembering correctly, is uh, Dracula yep. uh, was uh, out hunting, <laughs> couldn't find a, a, a lady, 
and finally got so desperate, yeah. he drained a cow. Mm. Uh, shamefully drained a cow. He was not happy about doing no, it. No, no, no. So he doesn't talk about this. Pretty dishonorable. But then uh, Bessie turned into a vampire cow. Okay. And uh, and then things went along. And I believe when Dracula, when when Doctor Strange uh, did this one spell that got rid of the world of all vampires, Bessie was also uh, eliminated in that uh, spell that turned all the vampires to ash. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that Doctor Strange did that. Yeah. Oh, and she's got vampiric milk. <laughs> the, the milk drinks your blood? Yeah. Apparently it cures tuberculosis. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Her her vampire milk. Cures tuberculosis? Yeah. So it's the opposite of uh, raw milk, which can give you tuberculosis. Ah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. That's probably what happens. Yeah. Oh, no. It just it just it lets you heal yourself. So it, oh, okay. it was taken by someone who had uh, tuberculosis. I see. I see. Yeah. That seems to be the... Oh, I guess I can see, like... So the idea is that vampires have regenerative properties. That's how they... Yeah. Okay. So the milk has that in, in it as well. Yeah. So bef- here's here's just a breakdown of Bessie. Okay. Uh, before becoming a vampire, Bessie could produce more milk than, than the average cow, and hence was well-favored by the owner. Sure. Uh, as a hell cow, she possesses characteristics tantamount to those of Dracula's, such as... Uh, being able to suck blood from humans and being immortal. That's interesting because she drains our juices. Yeah. As whereas we would drain hers. That's that's nice there irony. You go. There. That's, that's uh, she could transform into a half cow, half bat form, yeah. enabling her to fly. She could also disappear into nothingness, uh, turning into gas. Well, milk does give you gas. Uh, <laughs> she it? also has super bovine strength problem. and agility. Well, bovines are known for their super strength. Yeah, and not for their agility. <laughs> and she was listed no. as one of marvel's top 10 uh weirdest characters so Aww. good for them that doesn't seem do you think it would be fun to make a legion of superheroes movie with characters like gravity boy and or gravity girl and all those sort of things um do you mean Starboy, who has gravity power sorry if you're star boy yes. i was just making up names i don't know who the names of all those characters are Oh, okay. Here's all the names of all the characters. <laughs> Do not tell me Lightning all the names. Lad, Cosmic uh, Boy, Lightning <coughs> uh, Saturn Girl. From there, we went to Brainiac. Fi- okay. Uh, do I think it would be? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do think so. That'd be fun. But you gotta, you gotta keep them in small doses. You can't have that thing where, you know, there's like fifty of them. No, that's just boring. Yeah, that's too boring. That's too many. And 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 you gotta have less of them. Uh, having exactly Superman's powers. Yeah. There's too many that have just Superman's okay. powers. Okay. Ultra Ultra Boy I'm good with. One, because he got pooped out of a space whale to get his powers. So I do <laughs> like that. Um, but he can, he has Superman's powers, technically Superboy's powers. Yeah. But he only use them one at a time. I see. And I do like that. That you've, like, if you yeah. want to fly, you're not invulnerable. Yeah. You want to use your strength, can't use heat vision. You know, so what are you going to do? You got to make some choices. You got to punch someone. You're not going to be able to fly, so you better punch them hard on the way down. <laughs> you better get that flight back, or switch to invulnerability. What's your call? Well, you can't help somebody if you're invulnerable. You hmm. just help yourself. What are you going to do? Oh, really? He can't help anyone if he's as invulnerable. He can't help someone. Well, what can you do if you're invulnerable? Your bullets bounce off you, so I guess you could stand. In you could stand in front of someone. You uh, could uh, stand in front. Stand in front of lad. <laughs> pretty good. I think it'd be fun to do that movie, but but set it. Like, set it in the 50s. Okay. You know, like, have, like, make it kind of more quaint than cool. Like, I think those characters would, would benefit from a kind of a, like, sort of a different time, a different expression of, of uh, coolness and stuff now, like that. Now, you're talking 1950s, but we're going to make it, obviously, more diverse, so it's not just all white superheroes, right? Hmm. Well, yeah. I guess we'd have to. 
Yep. Are, is that all they are in the story? In the stories, just in, all white. In, super- in the uh, in the early Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. For a very 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 long time. Yeah. No, we don't want that. We want until you end up with uh, a character I think called. Oh, I forgot his I forgot his name. But there was a there was a black character, and he's got like I believe sonic powers. And then you had Dawn Star. Of course, you do. Uh, well, I don't who think is we Native American. Sure, but she's from space and has wings. <laughs> I don't think we need to. I mean, we could choose our favorite characters and just assign them to any. Yeah, I mean that. Which, which you would have to, but if you're like, I like the idea what you're saying though about how it's the in the future. The future looks like a 1950s future. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. Yeah, you go. Of course, you got to make it more diverse. You're going to do that. Otherwise, you're dealing with you know a lot of issues that would make no sense in the future. You could deal with. You could definitely deal with prejudice of like powered, unpowered aliens, whatnot. You know, we like these aliens. We don't like these aliens. Why do you not like these aliens for various reasons? Whatever you want to do. Yeah. But it is fun, you know, the time travel aspect for sure. Them coming into the past. Um, yeah, it's fun. You know, I, I think the one thing they don't have as much fun with in most Legion stories is the future. Mm. Why is the future fun? Yeah. And what 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 can the future not do that you can as superheroes? You know, we can travel in rockets to any planet. Oh, okay. So you being able to do that is no big deal. Yeah. What's well? That what's is. Your, what's your thing? That's not. That's not a guaranteed future, but mm-hmm. you know, not for us either. So that's well. The idea behind the Legion of Superheroes is that uh, you know, there's there's people from different planets that have joined together mm-hmm. that are on Earth. Yeah. You know, because of a billionaire back when it was like, well, actually, it was a millionaire back then because a millionaire could put this stuff together in the future. Uh, who wanted to put a team together? So basically, he paid for their clubhouse and paid for all their shit. And uh, and then they they'd recruit uh, uh, people from other planets, and I think it was only one per planet. I think that might have been it. There might have been that rule. So like one per planet, and definitely you could not duplicate superpowers. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't have two guys who could do ice or something like that. It's like we already have a nice guy. You're done. Yeah. You, know, you got to have a unique power, and quite often the power was something anyone on that planet could do. But you know you were the first one to come here, and so. You know, you colossal boy who has the power to grow. Though colossal boy had an interesting power in that everyone on his planet was a giant, and so when he came to Earth, he just shrunk. His power was shrinking, but he shrank to our size. So it looked like his power was growing, but it was actually just shrinking down to our size. <laughs> and so it bugged him that we were like, "Oh, your power's growing." No, shrinking. Ugh, forget it. But what would you do with the idea? I was just thinking that because what's most appealing to me about those characters is the fact that they're teenagers. Yeah, I really like that part of it, and I, but I want them to be like young teenagers, not older teenagers. Okay, so what age? Like thirteen, fourteen. Oh, okay. So I want them just to have just sort of come into their powers. Do you think they're kind of on a rumspringa almost? They're like from their home planet. And no, not necessarily. Not necessarily that. I think. I think that because I would prefer it if they were good rather than like bratty, you know. Well, you got all these uh, movies where the idea is, here's all these teenagers, like they fight to the death or some such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're all jammed together for the first time, and this is always their first time away from home. Mm. They've been homebodies for the whole time, and now, here you go. So that's always like an extra level to what they're going on that you would not get with a Justice League or Super Friends or anything like that. You know, Superman's not going, it's my first time away from uh, sleeping over. <laughs> well, that, that, you know, well, maybe maybe we find to borrow a little bit from Mike Allred's uh, solo stories and have it like a slumber party as your center. Okay. Your center of your film, like, or the attempt to have a slumber party that sure. keeps keeps getting interrupted in some way by uh, by the um, 
you know, the the villains or whatever, by the very incidents and things like that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who they're... Uh, Modred? Modred? I'm not sure. Uh, but they have one villain that's just this wizard. Mordred? Uh, Based on the Arthurian, the oh, Morgan Le Fay's son? It should be. <laughs> um, probably. Probably, probably. Uh, but, like, he's one of their main villains. And then later on, they made Darkseid, you know, their uh, villain as well. Uh, it's Darkseid. Eh, okay. So, 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 so they said in Legion of Superheroes, sure. It's dark side. Yeah. Because it's the German pronunciation, E-I, which okay. is an I sound. Okay. I've heard it both ways. Yeah. I just, I never... I think, I've, I, think there's, I think the reason I heard it the other way, too, was so that it wouldn't sound so much like uh, Star Wars and gave you a little bit of a break from it, because it's really weird that you've got a character that looks like Darth Vader <laughs> that's called Dark Side. That's just weird. It's not weird. It's because someone stole the idea from, from Jack Kirby. Right. But who did they it got first. their... But they got there first. Well, they got their to ma- movies. They got the mass phenomenon first. Yes, right. right. Yeah, they weren't there first, but they they certainly they certainly pushed their their flags so deep into the into the body of the dark side that it's a corpse. Yeah, it's very. I don't. Know, I just I never heard it pronounced that way before, and I just thought that was interesting because I've always read it as dark side. Mordru. His name is Mordru. Mordru, of course. He is an evil wizard. <laughs> He's very very evil and a wizard. Yeah. And his first appearance was on the planet Xerox, not with an X at the at the front, but with an X at the end. Oh, yeah. So it just has an an E at the beginning, but uh, has, Z. A, has an invisible but pronounced Z. Yes, <laughs> or X. <laughs> yeah, no, I I really do like the Legion of Superheroes. They're uh, they're a goofy bunch. Well, I like I have to say I like all of those sort of Superman family stories where it's just a lot of weird quaintness that just seems so like s- sweet and un. Un-80s superhero-like, or 90s superhero-like, where, you know, it's a sort of pre... This is for a different audience, obviously, mm-hmm. and it's sort of fun for that reason. And I also really liked, uh, I liked Triplicate Girl, because one of her uh, bodies died, and then she just became Duo Damsel, and like, that's a lot of... Good for her. Hmm. She's already died, and, uh, you know, and uh, she's still doing it. Good for her. Congratulations. Well done, you. Though, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. here's the angle I'd go with. Okay. So you're triple the girl. Yeah. One of you gets Why isn't she a secretary? That's right. File this. There you go, mister. Now you're duo damsel. Okay, get me some mimeographs. <laughs> or no, wait, carbon paper. That's what I need. Um, you got triple the girl, and then you're, one of you is killed. And so you become duo damsel. But yeah. yeah. what they don't know, you just got a ghost next to you. Oh. And uh, no one can see the ghost, except mm. who can see the ghost? Phantom girl. She's like, hey, why, why are there three of you? What? what are you talking about? How can you see them? Yeah. I'm Phantom Girl. Of course I could see the ghost. Yeah. That's my thing, man. I'm like, oh, all right, shut up about it. Don't tell anyone there's a ghost here. Shut up. Don't yeah. tell anyone. She can go to the afterlife. She can do some stuff. But I'm the Phantom. I don't know. Just shut up about it. Be cool. Be cool, Phantom Girl. Yeah. I think if you did something like that, you would have to you would have to get rid of characters whose whose powers overlap too much. Yeah. Well, this is this, too much of the too much of the same. I mean, something they had going on in Legion of Superheroes that you did not have in any other comic, which was characters would die mm. and they'd be dead. Yeah. You know, or something bad would happen, and then all of a sudden, uh, Lightning Lad uh, loses an arm. Hmm. He just has his arm destroyed, and now he's got like a robot arm, and then he gets killed. <laughs> that this sounds more recent. That you're talking about like no, no. 60s this was stuff? in the this was in fifties uh, and sixties. Yeah, wow. Late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, they uh, like um, Pharaoh Lad was one of the first to, to die, and that was a really good story. 
where they were going up against the Sun Eater, which was this alien that just ate suns and it was getting closer and closer. And they didn't know what to do. And the only way to, to save the world was one of them had to sacrifice themselves. And that was Pharaoh Lad. And he went and his whole power was he could turn to iron. Okay. And so he could absorb whatever the thing was. But, you know, he got killed. And so he was the first statue in the Legion, you know, uh, uh, Hall of Tribute. Yeah. And that, that hall got full. That hall got full. There's a lot of dead legionnaires. I was just imagining the irony that it was a bronze statue. <laughs> oh, that is too bad. Why did I they do that? I thought you were going to do a joke about legionnaires' disease, but no, good I'm, for you. I'm too classy you for are that. Very classy, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> I didn't think about it. Give me time. Give me time. I still won't think about it, but give me time. There was also a character uh, called Kid Quantum, mm-hmm. and he had an interesting power. Sure, which we could make. Uh, I believe he uh, could kill a cat, or could he? He could make uh, force fields yeah. that were impenetrable. Uh, yeah. That's a hard word to say. Impenetrable, but, yeah. But the deal was, he found out, mm-hmm. each time he made one, took a year off his life. Oh. So he had to make some choices. And then finally they went, get out of here. Don't be part of the group. You can't have you making force fields and like losing losing years of your life. Get out of here. That's, in, that's, that's curious. Yeah. It's, um, I was watching the, the TV show on Amazon, Invinci- Invincible. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of fun to watch because I, I like to to see the... A lot of gore. It's very gory, yeah. I like very it. sweet and then very gory. Yeah, it's, it has a good balance of it's that. A good, you know, what's nice is it is such a good contrast. You know, there's so many shows that are gory. Yeah. But everyone's just talking like this. Yeah. The rest of the time. <laughs> talking about the boys. I'm talking about the boys. I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, anything, anything else like the yeah, yeah. Vertigo comic. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, of course it's going to be gory, I can tell. But this one's all nice and clean, and then yeah. it's like, goo! <laughs> goo! So much more effective. Goo, indeed. But I was thinking, it's sort of fun to watch it and, and try and figure out who the who the um, characters are, like who they are, and like, who, who is their, quote-unquote, real-life counterpart. Ah. So, for instance, the demon detective is obviously based on Etrigan, the, the demon character by Kirby, has a certain or... element to that, too. Oh, wait, well, who else are you thinking? Hellboy. I guess Hellboy. Because Hellboy solves demonic mysteries. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a demonic mystery. He's just solving a mystery. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I thought the demon more than Hellboy. Just because of some of the more, like, the fact that he like the room's cold and stuff like that. So he has these sort of yep. extra powers that, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so, this, but when you said triplicate girl, then it made me think of the the girl who could clone herself into three different Duplicate. characters. Duplicate. yeah, yeah, that's right. Such a yeah. good name. <laughs> it's pretty good, yeah. How about the hot-headed guy uh, who's played by Rex. Jason? Yeah, what's his name? Rex. Yeah, what's 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 his character name? Oh, I don't know. Sorry. Uh, flame balls, ball flames, <laughs> explodo, something, something. I'm trying to think like who he'd be in uh, in in superhero world. Yeah, maybe Johnny Storm. Could be that or a hothead. Who's the character? Who's the character who's on who's on fire in? Um... DC world. Are you talking uh, Firestorm? Yeah. Yeah, though he's not really a, like, literally he's a hothead. I will have to give you that he is a hothead. <laughs> literally. Oh, I see what you mean, like a hot-headed character. Yeah, I mean, the, the comic isn't isn't limited to one comp- company or the other that it's drawing from in, in its, uh, although it seems to be a lot of DC characters for the, there's a Wonder Woman analog, there's a Batman analog. Yeah. Uh, you got me, you got me curious now about, uh, about uh, this guy, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, there's a, like, there's, there's, there's a myriad of characters yeah, you, you can got, choose like, from. Uh, you definitely got a Nick Fury type character running the uh, Shield, yeah, you know, uh, version and whatnot. Yeah, uh, Rexplode. Rexplode. Okay. <laughs> Rexplode. You know, actually, 
He's not too different than a Legion of Superheroes character called Wildfire. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but Wildfire's deal was he was all energy, but he was in a suit. So his sad part was he didn't have a body, and that made him mad. Yeah. But he could, like, you know, open up his, uh, you know, visor and shoot himself out and hurt things. Which was, again, not too different than... Uh, are we doing this? We're doing this. From the <laughs> well, freedom fighter yeah. known as the human bomb. Oh, okay. Who couldn't touch anything without it exploding. Mm. So it was kind of a tragic character. Sure, sure. He fought Nazis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't write any plays for Broadway. Who are the? Who would you say the Mahler twins are? The two clones who yeah. are always like, you're the clone. No, you're the clone. Who would you say those are comparable to? That's one I didn't. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Sorry. That's okay. And yeah, Damien Darkblood. That's right. The demon. Who was uh, voiced by Clancy Brown. Okay. Yeah. Good get. Good <laughs> get. I like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, they say here, Damien is loosely inspired by Hellboy. Ah, uh, okay. But I see what you're saying with, uh, with I think, Etrigan. Yeah, I thought the demon more. And, and look, I, I'm thinking Hellboy is probably inspired by Etrigan. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and, yeah. and uh, Etrigan was inspired by... Shakespeare. Was inspired... Nope. <laughs> Was inspired by uh, Prince Valiant. There was a mask that uh, Jack Kirby saw uh, on a wall in a Prince Valiant uh, comic. And oh. he loved it. And yeah. Like, ah, oh, gotta make a character look like that. This guy's great. Yeah. And so later on, he made the demon and uh, said, I ripped it off. <laughs> he didn't rip it off. It was inspired. Mm, well, I'm just saying. Inspired. I'm just saying what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's... So thanks, Prince Valiant. I have a lot of. Uh... Kirby comics from that time period because they were so cheap to buy when we were teenagers. They were like nickel comics because everyone was just like, get those out of here. No one wants to read Commandy, The Last Boy on Earth. Mm-hmm. No one wants to read Devil Dinosaur. No one wants to read The Demon. I'm like, I, I do. And now this to me is what you're going to get, hopefully, with something like The Suicide Squad. It's like, who are the weird, obscure characters yeah. that you got off to the side? They do that a bit with Legends of Tomorrow, the TV show. It's just like, mm. who we got? I don't know. Listen, we had a character called Isis. We can't do anything with her. Do you want her? Okay. But don't call her Isis. But she is Isis. We'll do everything about her that's Isis, but she's not Isis. Okay, fine. Make her Isis. We got a guy named uh, Commander Steel. You mean like Steel, like that TV, that movie with Shaq? No, 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 no. Different guy. Different guy. Okay. We'll take him. Sure. It's like the more obscure, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. Maybe that's the reason Detra of the show is to sort of dig out the those sort of characters, so you're not always mining your your main your main characters that everyone knows already. I will send you a picture of the Etrigan mask. It Thank is you. Very Etrigan. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the idea st- of the Legion of Superheroes. I would like to see that series. Uh, that is a TV show or a movie. TV show maybe more. Because you can do more with it. I was going to ask you one. I had one other question I wanted to ask you about the Green Knight, which is: Did you recognize? Did you recognize Saint Winifred? I did not. Tell me who. She is uh, the leader of the sort of anarchists in uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, neat. Yeah. Oh, good honor. The young girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, flag smasher. Yeah. Is that what she said her name? Flag they, were, oh, they were the flag smashers. She oh. is a um, uh, a gender flipped character uh from marvel that was uh the uh flag smasher yeah. uh, okay who was against uh countries mm. yeah and sometimes captain america went yeah that's fair <laughs> but stop smashing things i was like no i'm gonna smash them all right i'll smash you mm-hmm. let's see you try well i'm gonna try well good let's see you try all right 
punch, 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 punch. That's the only... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier... Man, we're doing a real nerdy show today. So Sorry, folks. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier... Hey, how about sports, Dave? We can, about the Olympics, huh? Pretty we can good. talk about that if you want. Oh, boy. You know, Olympics. <laughs> Have you watched uh, any? Pretty good. I just watched some. It's pretty good. What'd you watch? I watched uh, Swimming. Liked uh, Swimming. Oh, I loved when uh, Maggie McNeil won. Oh, yeah. She was, was great. great. She seemed uh, pleasantly surprised. She was very surprised. And I just loved, loved that she wasn't wearing her glasses, so she couldn't see the scoreboard yeah, from when she came out of the good. water. I mean, it's hard enough to see things when you come out of the water anyway, but then... At the fact that she wasn't wearing her glasses, that was great. And uh, I watched uh, just yesterday, I think, a, a bunch of pole vaulting, and none of them made it over the thing. So I think I came in near the end. Uh, and or maybe you were there for the early heats before they before I'm they narrow sh- it down. They all just were like not even oh, close. Or it was so high. It was so high. Yeah, it was just okay. like not yeah, even yeah. close. Yeah. Like, I was like, sure. all right, but good for good for trying, yeah. fellas. Yeah. Um, well, you don't, can't set records if you don't try. Did they do any horse stuff? Yes, they did. How'd the horse stuff go? Um, I have to be honest, I haven't been following that. So the Canadian team has had some issues. There was a a lady who, um, one of the problems with the horse part of it is that the people who compete are very wealthy, Mm -hmm. as you can imagine. Uh, Mitt Romney and uh, company. Well, Bruce Springsteen's daughter is competing for the American Olympic team. Born to trot. Born to trot, exactly. And, uh, in Canada, one of the, one of the, uh, women who was, was, she was actually told she couldn't compete. Why? But because her horse was too old. Mm. And so she made a big fuss. She sued the uh, Olympic, whoever runs the equestrian, Feder- you know, Olympic stuff, sued them. So then they had to relinquish and they let her go. And then her horse w- had to uh, be taken out of this, the uh, competition because it was too old. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I thought you were... Oh, irony. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to say, and they had to put it to sleep. No, no, no. Uh, nothing thought, that terrible. Like, this is going to be a that very would be awful. tragic that would be awful. end to this story. That so they took awful. it out back and they shot it, yeah. as you do when you can't be in the But can you imagine the, the trouble they took to get that horse to Japan? And then she has to scratch because the horse... ticket. Yeah. Of course, had a first class. It, it drank so much champagne on that that trip across. Yeah, it ate like a horse. It, and then it just—it was like I want to watch uh, Sea Biscuit. I was yeah. Like, All right. Now I want to watch Secretariat. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to watch War Horse. I'm like, I don't want to watch. <laughs> you don't want to watch. No one wants to watch, watch War, War Horse. No, no. It's just a film play. No, you don't, you don't it's a film see play. It. No one you wants to see it. it. No, it's, no. Yeah, it's a film play. You're trying to tell them that. Like, I don't want to see it. <laughs> then you show it to him, and he's just like, "This is oh, oh terrible. This is very depressing. I don't want to this." So how did they film it? Like, what was it like as a play? It's like, well, they had a giant mechanical horse. That sounds interesting. Is that available on video? It's harder to rent. Rent it for me. All right, we'll rent that for you too. So they rented that for him. It's like, a that was really interesting puppetry. Build me one of those. No, we're not building. Build it. All right, fine. We'll build one for him. That is a spoiled fucking horse. Jeez, I gotta learn to say no. Uh, um, or nay. Or nay. You're right. I apologize for some horses can't take me for an answer. <laughs> I was going to say that you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can make him drink champagne, and that horse guzzled. But yeah, so yeah, I I was a little I think because of that story, I was a little bit turned off of the 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 riding. Okay, you kind of need something to to cling on to sometimes. I watched women's vo- women's volleyball because we have a very good Canadian team, including a, a woman who's six five, which is crazy. Uh, it feels like the other team is they're just kind of struggling against this wall of a, of a woman who can just kind of stand by the net and put her arms up in the air. I mean, they're very athletic, obviously very athletic, but she has a real advantage physically. Yeah. That's so pretty. And then her, what's fun watching it was, it was fun to watch with Mary because Mary, 
her need is to know what the story is for the, these people. Okay. And so she's always like, you know, looking up on Wikipedia, who is this person? What, what's their story? What's their thing? You know, so you can learn like that Maggie McNeil was adopted and her parents are doctors and stuff like that. And so that's sort of interesting. Cool. And then it was interesting to learn about the team that we were watching with the volleyball, the girls. Uh, one of them is, uh, her dad was a Chilean volleyball competitor in the Olympics in 1968, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then he came, moved to Canada, came to Canada and started, uh, you know, he uh, was, and so his daughter obviously learned at, learned early how to play volleyball and she's very good, like a really good player. And yeah, it was, it's fun. And then there's two different uh, women's volleyball, two different Canadian women's volleyball teams competing this year. So that's, that's good. There's no other. Right. There was the beach version and then there's the indoor version, right? Uh, no, I think they're both beach volleyball teams, both okay. both competing, yeah. All so right, was, but there is an indoor version of volleyball I believe as there well, is an yeah. indoor version as well. I've not seen that. There's more pants in the indoor version. I haven't been able to figure out how to go back and look at, like, recaps and stuff like that. Like, there CBC, must be a place. CBC that, doesn't have There must be on Gem. I should, I should yeah, look go there. Yeah, on, go on. Listen, write to them and say, my tax dollars. <laughs> and then they'll go, oh, okay, fine. And then they'll go, you mean your BC tax credits? Did you see uh, Green Knight? It's like, yeah, well, well, you own a piece of it. I do. <laughs> That's right. Oh, very nice. Go and claim your, go, it's like brick. It's yeah. like brick shares. Well, yeah, just come and see us on Christmas Day. Yeah. And we'll give you what's coming to you. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I get, I know what you're saying. <laughs> they take more taxes from you. That's the way it works. That's how they get you. No, the the ones I've seen were fine. Again, look, and again, am I a prude? Maybe I am. Maybe I am. But when I saw the beach volleyball stuff, it was just like, there was so much patting on the ass. Like, there was so much. First of all, you're just like, just like. like excited. What? No, it's not. It's not excited. It's like, get get some extra pants. Like, the guys have extra pants. I get well. They have shorts. They don't have extra pants, but they have shorts. Yeah, but they have shorts that yeah. are in a different area than the women's ones. Yeah, I think that's like to the point where you just silly. go, "Who designed this? And from what year is this? Like, yeah. it's weird that this is still the case." You know, it's like well, you okay. heard about the you heard about the Norwegian team that was fined for not wearing their bikinis. No. Yeah, they were fined. A, they were fined a huge like a million dollars or something like that for oh. not for not following dress code for for the for volleyball, which is just ridiculous. That is completely ridiculous. like yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just look. No, no, I'm not. The but human, when, again, the human form, yeah. lovely. But like these were just riding up. And like after every one that was a score, yeah. it was like there was a hug, which I'm fine with. Yeah. And then a smack on the ass for each of them. And it was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I, I, like honestly, so like, if you just, yeah, they, I know they're excited. Yeah. But if this was the fellas and like every one, every time that was a score, it was like a hug, which there yeah. might have been a hug every time. But yeah. I'm betting the guys are not smacking each other on the ass every time. Well, actually, they are. I would like to see the recap. Let's go to... <laughs> they're excited too. They are, but they're not smack you on the ass excited. That's a once in a while, you know, thing on the baseball. Yeah. Here you go, butt the boot. But it yeah. was like every goddamn time to the point where you're just like... Not every time, but... I, it was pretty much every time. It was. I was watching, so... That's nice. I was too. I was watching it with uh, with Vicky, so I've got a yeah. witness. And we're just watching it just going like every yeah. goddamn time. Every goddamn time. It's weird. What's this? Is this part of... Like, is this a branding thing? Is this like, you know, just do it and we're going to be more popular and then we're gonna get like what is it i guess it was it was like there's something there right is it me is it me that's me i have nothing against against that sort of uh team team uh team bonding but i, I do think it's it. if it's across the board but if just one group I is doing it do you think it's it's silly that they have to wear bikinis i, I yeah, think that's and, very strange uh, if they got find a million dollars uh take up a gofundme because uh, <laughs> i'll throw some money into that. i think 
I think the singer Pink uh, vol- volunteered to Good. pay. To pay. I don't know if she's allowed to or not, but she volunteered to pay. Why for wouldn't it. she be allowed to? I don't know how all that stuff works. So. Where's the money have to come through? For the, for the, the women themselves? They're they're amateurs. Yeah, no, I don't think it's the women themselves. I think it's uh, through their has to be paid by their Olympic committee, the country's oh. Olympic committee. Okay. Fine. So but I don't know. the Olympic Committee get their money from? The IOC is kind of a fascist organization, like all sports. Okay. Uh, but sports do, ruling where, bodies. Where does a, like, okay, the Canadian Olympic Committee, like our, our Olympic Committee. Yeah. Where, where do they get their money from? I'm assuming us. From you, yes. You pay for that. All right, that's fine. Yeah. I'm willing then, like, uh, I'll, I'll chip in for <laughs> the uh, <laughs> chip in for the bikini fine. thing. And then who gets that money? The IOC. For what? What do they, where does that money go? Then? I imagine this goes into the pool of whatever... They so they can. Pool? So they can. That's a terrible so idea. So they can continue to fly around the world with their champagne first class uh, flights. Their horses. And, yeah, with well, their horses beside them. Of course, they have their horses beside them. They're amazingly wealthy. And the horse they flew in with. Um, <laughs> but so, I just want to say. Go ahead. I do. I disagree with the idea of punishing the athletes for the decisions made by their by their ruling bodies. So, okay. you know, I do think the the bikinis are a silly thing. Yeah, I don't think it's terrible. I mean, they are playing in incredibly. And it's insanely hot and very humid conditions. As are the guys. As are the guys. So I mean, if the guys want to wear speedos, I'm fine with that. If that's if they feel more comfortable, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, seems like odd that all the other sports aren't as hot. That yeah. seems to be the sport where it's quite hot. Yeah. Yeah. The other sports not as hot. Yeah. Not I'm just saying, like, hard. if they want to wear them, I'm fine. If they don't want to wear them, I'm fine. Like, I just yeah. don't. If I just don't think that there choice, should be. That's, yeah. That's a different situation. I just don't think there should be like the set costume of having to wear bikinis as if they are actually playing on the beach because they're not playing on the beach no they're not and in no way is this sand down it's in no way is this like reflective it's of as much a beach as a litter box yeah. <laughs> it's not a reflective of how people play volleyball on the beach either like okay. if you if you go to like a, a bar that has its own beach volleyball setup yeah there's no one playing there like these right, people let me, are let me ask anyone out there that watched uh, like smacking on the butt all the time, or am I just am I just imagining that? You tell me. Is Ian's prudery in in overdrive? Yeah. Now you were going to ask a question about uh, something nerdy before we got distracted. You went, sorry, that this is such a nerdy show, and I went, let's do sports. And then we went to sports. <laughs> what, uh, what do you remember? What your question was? Was it about Green Knight? No, I was just going to make a statement that I thought I thought it was interesting that the the I didn't think it was the best of the shows that the Marvel have done, but I thought it was interesting that Falcon and the Win- Winter Soldier. Is the show that kind of dealt most seriously with like the ramifications of the blip? Okay, yeah. Because every other show seems to have sort of kind of elided it in a way, like kind of just gone past it very quickly, you know. Sure. Some have had fun with it, like Spider Man Far From Home had some fun with the uh, the idea of like the some of the younger people now are the same age as them and right. That and was the first that. one that dealt with it, and they dealt with it in a very comedic way. Yeah. Whereas. This yeah, I kind of looked at it in, ter- in terms of more like global global thing. Yeah, people appeared in homes that they hadn't been in for years. Yeah, and yeah. now where do they belong? Where do they belong? And, and where so do people yeah, they who- dealt with uh, dislocated people, which mm-hmm. is a good political issue. And if you're dealing with a Captain America story, traditionally that's what you want to do. You got to mm-hmm. make a political somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought that was a. Uh, I, I like that element of it actually. I thought that was interesting. I thought the other movies kind of. You know they had other they had other things to deal with, yes. and that's fine. I don't. I'm not saying that everyone should be dealing with this, but I just thought it was interesting that that was like the, the way that they went with it. I thought that was curious. Yeah, one was dealing. Uh, one was was dealing with you know mourning, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, grief, and like, how America. do you deal with grief, and yeah. do you want to lock yourself into the past, but when you do that, you end up hurting others. And the other, I'm not really sure what it was about, but I, it was uh, interesting. 
But, uh, you know, can you change? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's, are things predestined or do we have free will? Maybe that was what it was about. And you've got a character uh, that traditionally is locked into a cycle. Mm. Uh, Loki is locked into a cycle, as are all the Norse gods. Yeah. Like, can you break your cycle? I thought it was a spirit of defense of the Dewey Decimal System, so I obviously misread that film entirely. Okay. Now it organizes stuff. Do you think they went with the Dewey Decimal System in yeah. the library? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Do you think they had <laughs> the uh, those little way. cards? They probably have the little cards, right? You well, it depends. I mean... Do you think they have microfiche? I think, the, I think they've got... I think they... Well, you know what? You're right. This is a kind of old-fashioned society. So, yeah, they still have the, the card catalog. And you know... Which I love the card catalog so much. I mm-hmm. miss it. I miss it. To be honest uh, with you. They made them fly up in the air in Ghostbusters with a straw. Did you know that? Was it a straw? This guy behind them with a straw just going, and it just blows them up. Fantastic. Yeah. That was the practical special effects. I love it. Here's, uh, here's my theory on Owen Wilson in, uh, in, uh, in Loki. Okay. He really likes uh, jet skis. Yes. In another reality, he's a jet ski. <laughs> Why is he a jet ski? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. So, uh, Owen Wilson... Can we please uh, call them C-Dews? So that we sound more Canadian. C-Dews, very good. Okay. Uh, Owen Wilson, as you may or may not know, yeah. is a lead character in Cars. Or the Cars 2, at least. Yes, he plays Lightning McQueen. He plays Lightning McQueen. So he has played a car. Yes. In Okay, so yeah. now we have a reality where uh, Owen Wilson is a car. Now, if you have a variant reality... <laughs> don't, we, don't we have a reality where Owen Wilson is acting as a car in a movie? Isn't that the reality we have? No, we well, that's our reality. Okay. But we're not part of the Marvel universe. Okay, so the car universe. The, reality itself is not yet owned by Disney, but the reality <laughs> okay. where Owen Wilson where a, where a car sounds exactly like Owen Wilson yeah. is yeah. is in the uh, Disney world. Okay. That's true. That's okay. the, that's locked in. There's no there's no messing about. Sure, you're right. You can go from watching Loki and then click a little bit over and you get Owen Wilson. So yeah. Going with the idea yeah. that all of this exists under one universe, right. that means cars mm-hmm. cars would have a variant universe as well, where all yeah. the cars are now sea uh, vehicles. Okay. And in that world, yeah. what would the racing vehicle be? It could be a speedboat. Yeah. That's a possibility. Sure. But that's kind of boring if you have like the speedboat as your lead. What you want is yeah. the jet ski. Sea-doo. You want a sea do you want you want your sea do who yeah. wants to be the fastest thing but it, but there's a really mean speedboat played by paul giamatti that's oh, like uh of course you know, speeding around yeah and doing all that stuff so uh he is a jet ski in this other reality so yeah that's what owen wilson is remembering is like in this other reality he is a sea do and uh because of course we're doing this for an american audience we got to call it a jet ski but you and i know it's a sea do <laughs> it's a sea do yeah okay. yeah that's true. We are doing it for North American audience. We need to be more inclusive. Yeah. Do or see do. There is no see try. <laughs> that's, that's true. So that is, that is my theory, everybody. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. I like it. We already know that Loki exists in the world with the Simpsons because they've already done that crossover. So, so there you are. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I did some uh, boating this weekend. I did not do sea doing, but I did I was some boating. Ask, how, was your, how was your weekend? It was a holiday weekend in BC, which is uh, BC Day weekend. It's BC Day weekend. It's actually a. It's actually a. Uh, Today, where we celebrate the comic strip BC and talk about when it went off the rails. <laughs> well, like most things, it's when the person uh, became born again. That's often when things go off the rails. I don't know why. 
I don't know why. Can't you just calm down? Enjoy yourself? Can't no. you just calm down? That's mm-hmm. funny. Uh, I <laughs> like, how long does the honeymoon last? I accept that Jesus Christ is my personal savior. Yeah. Can't you just calm Can't down? Can't you just calm down? Like, how long does the honeymoon last? Like, sure, everyone goes through, like, when you convert, let's, you know, like, when you convert to Christianity. Right. You do go through a honeymoon period where you're very excited about it. It's great. You know, Christ is your personal savior, blah, blah, blah. But And you're a church-going fella. I am a church Well, not right now, but I am going back. I'm, like, I'm going back to church. You're a church-going fella after they yeah, yeah. find the money that was stolen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when I'm allowed back, I'll, I'll be a church-going fella. Right. Um, but, yeah, there's a time when that honeymoon period ends. And then it feels like it's bad if you, like, let's say, like, if you knew a couple mm-hmm. and they acted like they had just been, they were just married, but they've been married for 13 years. Okay. You'd be kind of like, come on, guys. Like, just, you know, settle down. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to keep on this, this you thing. You think there's a problem. Yeah, you would think there's a problem. Like, someone's faking it. And I feel that way about people who, like, you know, they've, they're converted or whatever, they're born again Christians or whatever. And they're like still acting, like like in their first the first you know. And let me, by the way, say I mean in public, you can still in private. Yeah, like, you know, slap each other in the ass all you want. Yeah, like he your doesn't want to volley, see it. Volleyball folk, yeah. <laughs> but get some sand up there. But yeah, like someone who's like still like isn't crisis the greatest thing ever? Like you've been you've been a Christian for thirteen years. Like calm down. Here's the, here's the other thing I would have to to go with. Yeah, is like, uh, do you have anything new to say about them? Yeah. Yeah, that's the other know, thing. It's been a it's been a couple of yeah, you know, yeah. millennia. We get it. Well, that's yeah. yeah, no. How how long is it? It's been? still exciting when you. The it's, first... been two th- it's been more than two thousand years. I guess. No, no, it hasn't been since it's passed away. No, no. Well, he was around. Okay, it's almost been two thousand years. Yeah, it have to be two thousand thirty-three. If if you're going with if that, we if accept that, that this is actually a, that accurate, of time, yeah, yeah. Are you now going to bring something new to the party? And in this discussion, you're going to tell me something. Sure, you know sure. something about them. It's yeah. like, no, what? Yeah. That's like the new thing. Well, that, you know what? But if someone's doing that, like if you met someone and they just discovered for the first time the Muppet Show, and they want to tell you all about what they love about the Muppet Show. They love that Gonzo fucks chickens. <laughs> well, who doesn't? And so if you... And you would think it was an animal that would do that. Yeah. That clearly, that guy is no. a chicken fucker. <laughs> Right? Why? If you lined up all the Muppets and just went, show me the chicken fucker, you would go, animal. Right? Not necessarily. Yes, you would. Maybe Dr. Teeth. <laughs> Maybe. I've... Tell me, who is, besides Gonzo, who would you say is the chicken fucker? You'd say Gonzo? Gonzo. No. <laughs> Why wouldn't Gonzo be the chicken? Okay, no, I wouldn't say Gonzo is the chicken fucker. Of course you wouldn't. But I don't know about animal. I'm just trying to think. I'm just going through my mind. What about... In the closet, Sam. What about... Sam in the closet. Yes, he would not admit it, but he would do it. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And here's the pictures. Oh, about well, the... let me get my wife here. My wife supports me. She says I never did such a thing. You know. You're not married. <laughs> sure. Right, baby? <laughs> Wait a second. Why'd you get a chicken? That was the worst idea. That's the worst idea. No one will leave you now. I was thinking that guy who uh, throws uh, fish. Oh, New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. And his boomerang fish act. Yeah. It feels like he's got his fetish locked in. <laughs> like, that guy's a fish fucker from, from the get-go, right? I don't know. That's why the fish... That seems too obvious. That's why the fish tried to get away. I think he's away. got a cover. I think he's got a cover. Of course, the fish don't mind it because they do come back. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, they're okay with it. It's a... It's a... New um... Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> it's mutual... That guy got a lot of screen time for a one-note character. He sure did. Sure did. That chicken fucker. Maybe Harry. But it seems like Harry would... No. And of course, I mean Harry is in like Crazy Harry. Yeah, Crazy Harry. Harry the Monster. Not Harry the Monster. Crazy Harry. Yes, I know he meant. 
And I think he's, I think he has, he's too, uh, anyway. No, if someone was talking to you about The Muppet Show, and because they just saw it, and they're in their first, you know, the first days of love of the show. <laughs> Sorry for everyone listening to this in the car with their kids. You're not going, you're not going to say, say to this person, you know what, I've heard all this stuff before, shut up. You're going to go, yeah, no, that's great. I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's really cool. That's great. Good for you. Good for you. I'm glad you're like, but 13 years later, if he was still talking about it the same way, of course, you'd be like, you'd be like, you know what, I've seen the show and I get what you're talking about. We don't need to talk about it anymore. What if he moved on to Muppet Babies? Would that be okay? No. Right. That's a step down. By the way, uh, Muppet Babies, some people think Muppet Babies are Muppets when they were young. No. They are the unwanted children of the Muppets. <laughs> This is a nursery because it yeah. takes place in present day. Sure, they they talk about Star Wars and clearly on the Muppet Show they had the the, the cast of Star Wars. Yeah, meaning everything that happens uh, to the Muppet Babies has to be post Star Wars. So the only explanation is when they're on tour. Sometimes they have sex. Sure, with sometimes chickens. Sometimes they have kids, and sometimes you got to like put kids with nanny, <laughs> and uh, that's where mm, you know they 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 put the uh, Muppet Babies. Played by Glenn Close in the movie. Ooh. <laughs> I don't begrudge her. I don't begrudge her the money. Don't begrudge her. That Cruella money only goes so far. Sure does. And doesn't. Uh, So, yeah, no, I think think it's fine for someone to be excited in the uh, early days. But if you keep on talking in BC strips 15 years after you converted, uh, yeah, there's something that's, it just seems stretched. It seems like a strain and it feels like they're not sincere anymore. And if you start attacking the Japanese for Pearl Harbor in, let's see... 2006. Yeah. And your comic strip is probably uh, not up to uh, the times. <laughs> seems, seems like you missed your opportunity to make, cr- make critical comments about okay. that. You went on vacation, though. Yeah, I did. All right. So where, where'd you go? What'd you do? Well, so the girls and I, we went to uh, my brother and sister-in-law's cabin at Lake Missoula. Okay. So this year, like... How my, far away is that from Vancouver? That is about... That is about a four-hour drive okay does that sound right about around there you tell me I do around there it feels like it should be four hours okay let me just let me look up how long it would take me to try to uh just out of curiosity because i'm, I'm now i'm curious how many so, times did you have to say to people in the car shut up never because i'm driving with my wonderful daughters oh very good they are perfect um did you do a listening party episode in the car just for each other? Not, not Penticton, Princeton. Do we do it? So yeah, we did my. I did my own. I did. I did bring some songs. I did. I did stack a, a USB stick full of songs and uh, made that a thing. Made that a thing. So to get there from here, it's about a two. It's a three-hour drive. So yeah, about four hours because it's another. For me anyway, it's it, because it's a it's a forty-kilometer dirt road to get to the get to the lake. Oh wow! From from the connecting road, and so. And I'm I don't, I don't like that drive very much, and so I pretty much drive the speed limit. So it takes me just a little under an hour to do that drive. Um, but this year it had some twists. One was neither girl was home when we left. I had to go pick them up. Oh, okay. So I had to drive to Mary's work and pick her up. Then we had to drive to Eve's friend's house in Agassiz because she wanted to do her jujitsu lesson uh, when she came back. So so that was fine. So then. Um, so, and then uh, Eve did our shopping for us on her way to Agassiz. So she stopped at the grocery store, picked up food we'd need for oh, the, nice. okay. you know, all the stuff we need for our, our lunches and dinners while we were staying. How many days were you going to be there? We were going to be there. Well, we, we arrived, we're going to arrive on Friday night mm-hmm. post dinner. And so we were going to be there for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Monday 
morning and afternoon. And we ended up leaving a little early anyway, earlier than we planned, just because we thought, well, you know what, let's beat the traffic to do this, but, you know, that's possible. But um, so, yeah, so we went to Agassiz, met Eve there, and then we started on our trip. And so the first thing that happened was we got onto the number one, and the first, so we're already kind of late because I had picked up Mary and we left there at quarter to five, and then we got to, to Eve's, and now it's coming up to six. And so then we head onto the freeway. We're like, let's go, yay! And so our, but our um, sister in law wrote to us and said, don't take the crow's nest, don't go the number three highway because it's closed. Oh. It was there was a big car accident. Oh shit! Okay. And the entire free the entire road was closed. My brother in law had to sit in line for four hours there. So we're not going to repeat that problem. So okay, that's cool. So then uh, we're going to go. We're going to go the Yellowhead. We're going to go the Coquihalla. So that's good. So we get onto that road. Road and then on our way to Hope, there's forty five minute lineup on the because there's a been some sort of fire, a car fire, and we and it was a car fire. Let me tell you. Yeah. We drove past it and it was a smart car. It was one of the little little tiny cars that have a sewing machine for an engine, and it was burned to to just to the metal. There was okay. the wheels were gone. Anything that wasn't metal on it was burned away. It was just this metal husk sitting on the road. Wow! And there's firemen there and stuff like that, but they're just waiting for the tow truck by this time to come and okay. take it away. And so that lane was still closed. We went past, and everyone was merging, and it took forever. And we went, and the, there was a guy who had a Great Dane in the back of his pickup truck. And that dog was getting excited. So he pulled over and he put it in the cab with him because I think yeah, I think he was afraid the dog was going to jump out because it was disturbing. We were going so slowly. Like, who can blame him? And so then so then we went yeah, up the Coke. And then it was kind of funny, though. Like, so, you know, it's just a long drive. And so we're driving. And right now we have a lot of uh, wildfires here in BC. So we're driving through a lot of smoke on the way up. And then we, we turned off at Merritt and we went onto the connector and we went down. And then you hit this place, this thing is called like Aspen Grove, and then you turn off there, and you go into a little road. And so by this point, it's nighttime, it's dark out. And I've never driven this road before, because we usually come, we usually go to the crow's nest and come up. Okay. So now we're coming the other way, and we're going down towards it, we're, my idea of down. You know, it depends where you are in the world, right? <laughs> but anyway, we're going down towards it. And I've never driven this road before, it's nighttime, it's dark, and they're repaving the road. And so there's no lines in the road, and they've taken away all the all the curb, like all the cement protection along the edge because this is like an elevated road and, and it's a drop off to the ground below and so sometimes how it's far, how far is it about 30 40 feet oh, i don't like this at all and then and sometimes it's a lake there and sometimes it's a farm there so i don't like it at all yeah I mean, me neither i, I, I didn't every aspect so i just was driving like at a super slow not super slow like 60 kilometers an hour like i was just going the, a little bit under the speed limit okay because i didn't like i didn't like it no. i didn't like it and so i had a line I, of cars behind me they're okay all right i'm driving they don't care they're just looking at their phones so then, uh, so I had a bit of a few cars behind me, but I was like, I, I don't care. If you guys really want to go around me, you know, you can flash and I'll, can pull, go I'll pull over. I'll pull That's over right. and you can go around me. But no, no one did. They just all followed me. And so then, so we got close to uh, where... if you don't drive off the road, they won't. Smart. That's the thing. So it's, you know, they're probably thinking, well, this guy's going at a reasonable speed and this is kind of a... It's kind of a scary he's situation. He's just following his path. Yeah. Just, we'll just follow this guy. Yeah, if we see if we see his headlights go away, yeah. we'll know. <laughs> don't follow. Don't, don't follow, don't follow anymore. If I disappear and, and yeah. there's a big cloud of smoke or of dust that rises from, yeah, don't don't go that way. So then, uh, so then we got to the turnoff for Missoula Lake, and I was, you know, you're thinking like, well, it's ten o'clock at night. Well, it's more like it's nine o'clock at night. Who's going there now? Like no one. But then we, as we approached it, two people turned in from the other from the direction we normally come hmm. so i'm like this is crazy so then i turned in and then the person behind me turned in 
Oh. I'm like, what's going on? This is like a super freeway. Yeah, it looks like they're all going to murder you. So, so then the person who turned in behind me, they pulled over. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, they're not going to be on my tail. That's good, because I drive slowly. Uh, and then these people in front of me, well, I'll just follow them. And then they just like pulled over randomly, like by this like bunch of trees were just falling over. And you're like, all right, that's a weird place. So then we were speculating that they were drug dealers. We uh, thought, we're going to do a deal. Let's turn off here, because no one's going to go down this way. Sure. And then two cars followed behind them. And they're like, oh, my God. And so then they're like, well, we'll just drive along. And they'll, they'll turn off at one of these ranches here. And, and then, no, they, we just got following them. So they're like, okay, let's just turn over, just pull over. So they pulled over. And then, you know, we drove along. And then uh, because I drive so slowly, if cars come behind me, I'll just pull over and let them go past. Well, the problem was is it was so dusty because of the dryness. And it was nighttime. And then the lights made it look like you couldn't tell where the road was oh. and where the dust was. Like, oh. So, and I don't know, like, you know, if I was like, when there all the time, of course, then you would know where to go slow, where to speed up, you know, where the curves are and things. But I don't. I go once a year. So so I'm driving. I'm, like, driving really slowly. And then people are coming behind me. And I'm like, go ahead. You go around me. And then I'll drive slowly for a while. And then I'll speed up once you're far away and your dust is gone. Because sometimes the road, they had laid down a little bit of, like, I don't know if they put down oil or something like that down on the, to keep it from getting dusty. But then they had put down fresh gravel. And so that hadn't been treated yet. And so, because sometimes it was fine, and other times it was very, very bad. And so then, yeah, this went like, so a truck came up behind me, and I'm like, go ahead, you go around me. So they went around me, and then they got around me, and then they're like, whoa, and then they slowed down a little bit. And they were driving, so I had to like slow down a lot, because yeah. I didn't want to be following in their dust. And then, so we kind of followed each other. And then, just as we were like coming over, there's over, we go over a rise. Mm-hmm. This is like an hour after an hour driving. Over, a Canadian version of a uh, an old Spielberg movie. <laughs> we, go, we go over this rise. <laughs> Cooperative duel. And and uh, there's all this dust. Yeah. And but we could see like the you know the community Musula the village there. Uh, and he was he said, wouldn't it be great if we like crash now, like thirty feet from where we're where we're going because. That would be so Dedrick, but no, we made it all right. Oh, jeez. But what was funny was we got to my... And you turned her into went like, you know how a curse works, right? <laughs> That's right. Don't tempt Murphy. So then we, uh, we, we get to our in-laws, and, and, I guess, so, and then the other people who are staying there, um, my sister-in-law's brother and his wife, and they were there. And so then we pulled up, and we're all like, yay, we made it. And we're, you know, hugs and stuff like that. Well, it turned out they were just in front of us. They were the ones who had passed us. Oh. And he said, yeah, I passed you. I thought, oh, this guy's going kind of slow. And he pulled over. So I just said, I'll, I'll go around. But then I realized it was fine behind you because you were going. You could see. You right, know, right. And I could follow you. But as soon as I, like, went in front of you, then I was like, oh, where's the road? It's so dusty. I can't see anything. So then I had to slow down. And I said, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of fun. And so... The problem was, though, is that there's a, there were a lot of fires. That there was a fire in Manning Park. Yeah, it started outside Manning, but it moved into Manning, a man-made fire. And then, so you know, there are, then there are obviously a lot of other fires because we are driven through the fires, um, and we could see the glow of the fires when we we're driving hmm. towards Merritt. But then, um, so then there was a big fire there. So the smoke kind of came in on us on Saturday, right? And so we went onto the lake, but it was kind of like we were. Like it should have been super hot because it was like really sunny out and stuff like that, except there was a cloud cover of smoke. So it was light clouds. So you could see the burning hot ball of sun behind the clouds, but it wasn't like warming up too much. So, so we did go swimming and and, like I went swimming for about for a few hours. I went swimming and then we also tubed for a bit, which that's fun to do. And then uh, on Saturday though, or Sunday though, it rained. So it was more of an indoor day. So we didn't go out. We didn't, we did go for, uh, we went, uh, even I went for a walk and, 
I went with my brother-in-law to drop some stuff off for someone, deliver a ladder. And um, yeah, just things like that. And then we played, board, like, not, Mary and I played a fun game called Bananagrams that she okay, got. Okay, yeah, yeah. Have you played Bananagrams? Uh, I think I may have. I know what you're talking about. Okay. It's a lot of fun. I really, really like it. Cool. It's So just so people who don't know, it's I think it was invented by people who had a Scrabble board and decided to make their own game from the Scrabble board letters. Because it's basically tiles. They're not, they're not, there's no um, points on the tiles. But the idea of the game is that you get, if there's like, Two, two or a few of you playing, you get 21 tiles, mm-hmm. you flip them over, then you make kind of like a crossword grid or a Scrabble grid of, of, of you, t- use all, have to use up all the letters and make a bunch of words out of those letters. Once you've made, used all your letters, then you can call, you call peel and everyone has to pick up a tile from the, from the pile. So even if they're not done, they're not done yet. Mm-hmm. You, you're running the, the game there. So then you have to incorporate each tile you pick up. So you keep picking up until all the tires, tiles are gone and the first person who's complete, made a complete grid of words, they're the winner. And they yell bananas. <laughs> and then you have to check their, you, you know, you check their words to make sure they're all correct. You can't use, um, you can't use... Um, proper names. can't use proper names and you can't use punctuated words. Swears? Well, it depends. I guess if you... I did. I was going to use the word boob, but I ended up having to re- take it apart and reuse it. Is that a swear? I don't know. So I don't think so. No, it's an idiot. This guy's a boob. I guess so. Yeah. Depends how you use it, I suppose. So, um, yeah. So then, and so you have to check the other persons, and if they make a mistake and they have a word that's not a word, then they're a rotten banana, they and all their letters, all their tiles go back into the game. Oh. And then you have to keep playing and t- use those tiles, incorporate those tiles into your. Oh, okay, cool. So that was a lot of fun. That was a fun game. And then we played a, a card game called Ten Penny, which is a game you get ten pennies, and in the game you there's. Twos are wild, jokers are wild. You have a three deck, three deck deck that you play with, okay. and you deal out the cards. You deal out ten cards, I think, and then you have to make. I think the first one is you have to make three of a kind. Then you have to make two, two three of a kind. Then you have to make four of a kind. Then you have to make two four of a kind. Ooh. Then you have to make six of a kind. Then you have oh. to make two six of a kind. Oh my god! So it's it's and you have to kind of you have to kind of. Um, strategize as well while you're playing because yeah. you have you only have 10 pennies so if you want to buy a card you have if someone someone um discards a card that you need you can buy it for a penny but you have to take three cards after you buy it and it was it was uh, or maybe two cards anyway you have to take more cards but uh it was good i, I won i won the game I, I played because i i decided well the strategy here is just to get out as with as much points as you can as often as you can and don't worry about your money so i kept buying cards oh, right. and making and i was able to twice buy cards and go out in one turn so just completely like get rid of all my cards at one time did that twice and then the final for the final one the six the the two six decks i had no coins left though I used up all my coins. So all I did was discard as much as, of my valuable cards as I could to get down to 50. Because you oh, get okay. negative for how many cards you have in your deck. So you get you get you lose points. So how many cards you've laid down, you get plus. For how many cards you still have in your hand, you get negative. So if I could get rid of all of my valuable right, cards right, and right, just have yeah. 50 points, minus 50 points, I still could have won the game. And so that's what happened. Interesting. It's a fun game to play. It's a lot of strategy and, and luck, obviously, because you're just like, you're like tearing your hair out as it goes around all the people because we were playing with seven of us. And so it's going around seven of us to come back to you. And you're like, oh, we hope no one goes out because then I'm going to be dead. But if it comes back to me and I get the cards go my way, then I can really. And my brother-in-law put my... Um, Eve and then my brother-in-law 
they both deposited they both discarded cards I wanted, so I bought down to those cards and oh cool. So just stuff like that, you know, you're just like ah fluke, yay. <laughs> so that was good. And then we played um, we played some dice games into the evening as well. So I think about we went to bed about two thirty in the morning after rolling dice for. For three just, hours. just picturing you just playing craps, just like for like high stakes. <laughs> no, it's a different game than that. You play. Uh, I don't know if people play it. I don't know what it's called, but you um, you roll five dice, and then you have to you have to get a thousand points in order to start the game. Okay. And so there's different ways to get a thousand points. If you roll three ones, you get a thousand. Mm. If you roll a run, you get you get a thousand. If I said if you roll three ones, you get a thousand. Yeah. If you roll, um, you could like roll consecutively. Okay. If you roll one or, f- or a five, you can keep going. So if you rolled, say, say you rolled a one and, you know, you got to 350 or you got to 450 or whatever. If you roll like three threes, it's 300. Six, three sixes is 600. So it's possible you could build up from there to a thousand. It's very difficult though. So when I, when I, like one of the games I played, I, I rolled, I rolled almost a run. I was just like, well, this is my best chance to get a thousand. And I had to roll a four or whatever. And I rolled, I got a four. So I had a thousand points. Now the thing is, once you have a thousand points, the person beside you can play off of your points. Mm. So you've got a thousand points, and you and you have five dice to roll. You don't want to give that to the next person beside you because he can roll on your thousand. So you want to roll. So you take a chance. You roll five dice. Hopefully, fingers crossed, you get some ones and some fives in there. So say you get another three hundred. So you're at thirteen hundred. You have two dice left to roll. You're like, good. I'm done. Now that person can take your thirteen hundred, and they can, if they want, roll those two dice. To see if they'll get a one or a five, and then they can get fourteen hundred or whatever on that. So it's kind of a fun game. There's a lot of a lot of strategy and oh, stuff. Oh, it does sound too. fun. So we played that forever, just because it was you know, you know, you're at the cabin. And then I read all of the book Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country while I while I was there as well. Oh, I'm uh, four chapters in. Oh, really? Yeah. What are you thinking? I'm uh, thinking it's very different than the series. It is, but in a way, I liked yeah. it much better than the yeah. series. Well, I like that they actually had the book in the series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think yeah, that was interesting. I just really I thought that it used its I thought that it used its central I don't want to call it a gimmick but its central kind of yeah thing uh, better in the book it's conceit yes thank you it's conceit better in the book than in the in the TV show yeah. and I enjoyed the TV show I thought it was very good yeah but I actually kind of like the I enjoyed the book a bit more I think I'm glad that the yeah I'm glad that the book is different than the TV show so yeah yeah so you're not just it's not just the same same old same old but you certainly feel. You certainly feel the horror of... It's an interesting way of presenting the black lives of that time period, or yeah. even now, in in a way that's very visceral and it makes you understand the, the difficulties and the horror of it all, you know, and it yeah, really well, gets it across. Well, you just talking about going to the Cabin in the Woods. There's a reason that, like, Cabin in the Woods movies are so popular. It's like when you're in a cabin in the woods, you're surrounded by nature and there is danger around. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you are trusting the things we remember. But, you know, hey, if nature comes at you, you're this is all that's i mean yeah you know danger's all around now imagine uh you live in a city and danger's all around yeah and it's other humans and it's other humans <laughs> yeah and that's yeah. what it is so it's like yeah. such a good basis for horror yeah it's like oh shit like again just in the in the tv show they go into a diner and like someone sees them and then walks out of the room it's mm-hmm. like, get get out of there yeah get yeah out of that diner get the hell out of the diner get the hell out of the diner <laughs> <laughs> well they're all saying that to uncle george but uh he has he has his own prejudices because he believes in a safe yeah. Negro travel guide. Yeah. And so to him, I've had good reports about this. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Because we have to trust the guide. Otherwise, where are we? Yeah. That's really, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good book. I really highly recommend it if people cool. don't mind it, but by Matt Ruff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, 
I'm going to go over to our letters if that's okay. Is that cool? Sure, if you want to skip Dark Shadows this week. Wait a minute, Dave. Yes. Often I, I bring up Dark Shadows and you go, huh. But, and I, so I assume because you spent so many days on a body of water. Yeah. That like, how will Dave have a chance to talk about Dark Shadows? And yet you're telling me you've got some Dark Shadows. I do have some Dark Shadows. Hit me with some Dark Shadows, brah. <laughs> All right, let's start it with uh, Dark Shadows. Uh, so everyone... All Dark Shadows fans out there. Everyone except for Steve. <laughs> Steve, you know who you are. Yeah. Steve, don't listen. Uh, last episode, we ended with um, Joe going to Maggie's apartment to collect some things for her. She just got hired to be the nanny for the for the Collins family at Collinwood. So she is now going to be living there and she needs some sundries. And he goes to ah. her goes to her cottage to collect them. You got some sundries yourself. That's a nice sundry uh, sequel <laughs> or a segue that you made from it. Thank you. And so, um, so uh, let me just say that uh, it doesn't go well for Joe at Why the cottage because a werewolf attacks him. It you know jumps what? through we the window. We're just talking about cottages <laughs> and cabins. This is so great. Well done. It grabs Joe around the neck and prepares to bite. <sighs> so, of course, we start with episode 654, everyone who's scoring at home. And... It does the usual thing that Dark Shadows does. It re- it reenacts the end of the last episode so we know what's happening. Right. And because the show did not do clips, it did not edit itself, it has to reenact yeah. the attack again. So it starts from where he jumped through the window and goes right into the attack. Did they break glass again? They break some glass again. The window gets wow. smashed. okay. And there's uh, much yelling from Joe before... The t- before the title so it, you know he gets attacked he's being attacked by the thing and he's yelling away and then the the shadows the, the dark shadows titles come up and then we cut back to joe uh and you know what it's kind of fun there's a lot of stunt work going on and joe is doing a lot of stunt work himself he's he's getting thrown around he's getting you know he's getting pushed into a door he's getting thrown into chairs and ch- chairs are being broken on people's backs and it's a lot of fun and then joe manages to during all this melee there's a lot of you know, a lot of stuff gets broken and thrown everywhere. And Joe manages to grab a pair of scissors oh. amongst the debris and stabs the werewolf. Oh, I thought he was just going to trim his fur into no. an embarrassing poodle-like uh, thing. That's one That's one strategy, but often it takes too long. That, and, it would probably take a bit too and long. And one is disemboweled before one yeah, gets to the... you have to, to bathe the, him first. You yeah. have to do his nails. It is a long process. Figure out what this shampoo to use. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna care about like is this yeah. sensitive eyes? Sure. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I can use like a that flea and tick shampoo. Yeah. Do you use a human shampoo or a dog shampoo? It's a it's a half dog, half man. That's another question. Yeah. yeah that's and, a real that's a real noodle scratcher. I say stab him. And then you got to look at the hair, oily, greasy, or dry. You don't, you don't know. Yeah. So anyway, yes, he does stab him, and the re- werewolf runs away. Meanwhile, a, mur- a worried, I didn't say, almost said worried, a worried Maggie sends Barnabas to check on Joe. She phones, and Joe picks up the phone, but he's too exhausted to even answer. He just drops the phone, and she goes, hello, hello, Joe, Joe, are you there, Joe? <laughs> and uh, so Barnabas goes to, the, goes to the cottage, and he finds Joe laying, on, he's laying there unconscious. And Barnabas helps Joe to his feet. And Joe is, is grasping his hand some fabric that he tore from the jacket the werewolf was wearing. Which of werewolves? This is a, here's, a, here's a little tip for werewolves out there. Mm-hmm. Don't wear your clothes. Take them off. No one's going to be looking at your junk. It's hidden behind a, a thick layer of fur. Well, you say that, but you don't know where you're going to turn back into a man. Now, all of a sudden, you're naked in the woods. That's tough getting out. That's also tough getting out, but it makes it, you don't, you're not leaving evidence behind. 
My suggestion, if you're yeah. a wolf man and or werewolf, yeah. I know werewolf is their word, yeah. um, is if you are transforming in the woods, yes. just leave some pants around, like in various locations. Sure. So you always know like... Like on being human. There you go. When you wake yeah. up buck naked, you're like, oh, where am I? Oh, I'm near the river. Uh, I left some pants under this rock. Yeah. And then you go and you get your uh, rock pants, put them on. No harm, no foul. Then people go like, oh, let's check his pants for blood. Nope. Just dirt. Well, he would have gotten blood on his pants. Yeah. Well, then I guess he didn't commit the murder. And they blame it on a vampire. Just, well, yeah, naturally. Naturally. <laughs> police hate vampires. <laughs> um, so back at Collinwood, mm-hmm. Joe is unwilling to call the police because he has this piece of fabric. And so he wants to know who this werewolf is. And he has his, he has his suspicions because he's looking at this fabric and he's thinking, I recognize this material. I recognize this. So everyone else is like, well, shouldn't you be calling the police? And Meanwhile, Chris calls for, uh, Joe leaves. Uh, Chris is concerned about Joe though. And he tries to call him and then he goes to Collinwood to find him. Uh, really, the reason he's trying to do this is he, he, he's, well, he's concerned, but also he's wondering, um, did anyone recognize me? You know, he needs to keep his secret. So while he's at Collingwood, he tries to get Julia to give him some more sleeping pills. But she, of course, is not willing. And she's surprised that he took three of those pills and stayed awake. And she sa- he says, I need stronger pills. She's like, there's nothing stronger. You took the strongest ones. He took Drowsol with two, two Zs. <laughs> Uh, now I just want to see a commercial with the, 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 the Chris, 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 yeah, yeah, Chris, Chris. Sorry for yeah, yeah. Drowsel. <laughs> it's not strong enough. Wait a second. Have, have you, you tried, tried sixteen dra- of these? Have pills? you tried Drowsel Plus? <laughs> when you're turning into a werewolf, try yeah. So uh, while this is happening, Joe arrives at Chris's apartment, and after no one answers the door, he goes in which is a little rude, he discovers that the piece of fabric torn from the clothes fit Tom's jacket. Then they must have quit. No, wait. <laughs> wait, I think you're wrong. Opposite. Wait, oh my God, we'll never be lawyers at this rate. Um, at that minute, Chris returns. He's a little mad that Joe's in his apartment. And he tries rudely to get Joe to leave. But when Joe refuses, he decides to let Joe witness his transformation. He says, fine, I warned you. But he says... There's, there's a gun in, in my uh, drawer, uh, my dress, this dresser drawer. I want you to take it. I want you to shoot me when I turn into a werewolf. And Joe is like, uh, okay. So he's got the gun. And then in front of his eyes, Chris changes into a werewolf. Oh, and... I'm glad he just doesn't change his clothes. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're cousins. <laughs> they're cousins. I'm sure they went swimming and stuff together when sure, they were growing up as fine. kids. That's fine. I've seen it all before, Joe says to Chris. Why do you smell of wet fur? Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then he changes into a werewolf. Uh, of course, Joe is confused, but then bef- uh, he is horrified and he shoots him several times. And the werewolf collapses in the corner, but then recovers and approaches Joe slash the camera. And then it all goes dark, and we're like, "What has happened to Joe?" Meanwhile, like Collinswood, mm-hmm. Carolyn smash has- cut two, smash cut two. Carolyn has returned from a trip. Oh, so, like you. Know, you. We- we God go, damn it! It's like all about you. It's all about me, as usual. That's how I like to think of it. Anyway, By the way, if you're a werewolf, just let me know. <laughs> I can't because I'm a werewolf. We can't talk about ourselves. That's true. So um, she's returned from her trip, and she's all upset because all this stuff happened while she was away, and no one, no one thought to phone her and tell her that like Vicky went into the past, and 
uh, Julia's like, well, what can you do about it? Nothing. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Which is fair enough. But she, uh, she goes out to visit her mother and her mother's sleeping. And so they, they kind of talk and say, well, look how rest, look how she's looking. She's all rested. But we see that Elizabeth, she's sleeping, but then she starts to dream. And uh, in her dream, she meets Amy, the little girl, Amy, who's staying at the house in the woods. Always creepy. Meanwhile, while this is happening, Rockabye Baby is sung by a little girl, probably Amy, the actress Amy, is sung through a kazoo. I don't know why it's done that way, but it gives this weird distorted effect. So maybe now, it's would so... you say it's creepier than the version in the Marx Brothers movie uh, where the woman sings it in the store? No, she's endlessly creepy. Okay. Amy. What was that movie called again? Talking about... Um, the Marx Brothers movie... At the store? store big store. The big, big store. store. The big store. By the way, if you want to listen to us talk about that creepy lady singing Rockabye Baby, uh, listen to Full Marx. We talk about her. And I think there's a clip of her... Also, on uh, if you if you go to Full Marks and then click on that, and you'll see the yeah. clip of her. And uh, tell me it's not creepy. <laughs> it's intentionally creepy. But anyway. Yeah, she's having some fun. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Amy tells Elizabeth that she has been drawn to the woods by someone. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know who, but they told her to come there. Ugh. A familiar laugh <laughs> can only mean one person. Woody Woodpecker. You're right. I should have said a different familiar laugh. <laughs> Can only mean one person. <laughs> ha ha! Oh, a different, different familiar laugh. Okay. Yeah, not ha ha. You know, that to me. <laughs> nope. Okay. No, nope, not that laugh. I don't know what that is. That would be Barney Rubble. Oh, okay. What's ha ha from? Uh, that would be uh, Nelson Muntz from uh, Simpsons. Oh, that ha ha. Ha ha! Yeah, because it's funny because uh, Ginger Rogers does that in uh, Bachelor Mother. Uh, a bird, laugh like a that. bird that uh, hangs around here also does a very similar. Uh-huh. We call him Nelson Bird. <laughs> it's time to go to bed. Nelson Bird's out. No, this person I mean is Angelique. Oh! In her guise is Cassandra. She steps out from behind a tree and repeats her curse of death to Elizabeth <sighs> and tells her, when I touch your face, when I touch you, you will die. You will die. You will ha- die while you'll have a sleeping death. Okay. So sometimes when they touch the honesty. Obviously. Okay. Uh, Liz screams, which another, you know, it's funny. The laugh is not Angelique laughing and the scream is not, uh, the actress, um, um, Joan Bennett laughing. Ah. It's like some kind of like stock laughter and stock scream they use. I can see why. But it's more effective than the actual scream. They first introduced it in a scene where they needed to transition between, um, Maggie, who was... In like in the coffin to Maggie, who was supposed to be seeing her with like the skeleton Maggie standing above okay. herself, and they needed to do that. And so the way they did it was by having this using a scream that wasn't hers, so they could have her move around while the scream was happening. And a the scream takes a long time, so it's really freaky because yeah. it goes on for so long because it's supposed to cover up this this need to move around on the set. But also, it's it's more than a normal person could scream it's like a you know it's an extra screaming scream so it's really effective even if it was a regular scream you don't want your uh, your lead actor to do that yeah blow their voice out Mm. they got a show to do tomorrow yeah yeah that's right yeah Yeah. get someone this daily show get a professional screamer that's right that's right it is a daily show you're right yeah you can't have them come the next day yeah here i am and in a show where there's going to be so much screaming Mm -hmm. that's a bad idea Mm -hmm. um yeah so liz's screams bring carolyn with julia to help her but when she's awake liz Liz can't remember who frightened her in her dream. She can't remember about seeing Cassandra. Because she doesn't know it's Angelique, of course, because she's never heard of or seen or known Angelique, but she has known Cassandra. 
She asks Carolyn and Julia to check on Amy because she's worried about Amy, who is also in the dream, that she's been might have been harmed by by this dream. And so in Amy's uh, bedroom, you know, while this is all happening, in Amy's bedroom, a distraught Joe who ar- arrived and no one was around, he went upstairs to Amy's room. He's intent on getting her as far away from Collinswood and Chris as possible. But he is so, he is so uh, distraught and manic that his behavior frightens Amy. And he can't, he can't seem to like talk in a coherent way to make clear what he's afraid of for her. He's just afraid for her, and he's, but he's just talking disconnected phrases, and it's not making any sense to her. It's just very scary. Uh, so he has to like stop. Like he can't convince her to like pack her bags or anything. So he just picks her up and carries her out of the house. Um, so Carolyn uh, on Julie, on um, Liz's instructions goes to goes to Amy's room and discovers that she's gone. Now they don't want to tell. Liz this because they're afraid of scaring her, but they, you know, start trying to find her. But um, she goes to, you know, Liz's room and says, hey, don't worry, uh, Amy's fine and everything. But a worried Elizabeth goes to Amy's room and discovers she is gone. So now she's super worried. Right. And now I'm going to turn the page, everyone. Please do. And... Um, so we'll see what's on the next page. Yeah. <laughs> And in, in this room, in Amy's room, Cassandra slash Angelique appears in the room. And she fulfills her death curse by touching Liz on the face. <gasps> Meanwhile, Joe is in the woods carrying a struggling Amy. He puts her down because he starts to panic. He thinks the werewolf is following them. And he puts her down to, to yell at this werewolf and say that he's not frightened of it and get away. And it, Amy takes, a chance, takes this opportunity to run back to Collinswood. So Amy runs right into Julia's arms in, in the foyer. And an incoherent Joe follows and he's like i say he's in such a state that he cannot make himself understood not even to an adult let alone a kid <laughs> but there's a blood-curdling scream from upstairs which is again recorded yes uh carolyn has found her mother laying on the floor of amy's room julia examines her and declares that elizabeth stoddard is dead but in reality liz is on- only appears dead she can think She's wishing she could convey to everyone who's talking about her and saying that she's dead, that she's that she is awake, but she cannot she cannot move at all. Ew. So that's creepy. Uh, this is her fear of being buried alive, come writ in reality. So she is aware of what's happening, but she cannot tell anyone what that you know that she's. Awake. Meanwhile, the children are called to Quentin's room, where a sad David. It, uh, this is uh, later. This is after you know. So David knows that his aunt has died, and. He is sad, and he, um, so he's a sad David. This is the thing I talked about last time, that this seems to be a weird, like, one character, one of the kid characters is unwilling to follow Quentin, and the other one's eager. And the next time they'll switch it. The other one will be eager, and the other one will be reluctant. It goes on and on like that. So this time, David's reluctant, and Amy's eager. And they restrie- receive instructions from Quentin via music played on a gramophone mm-hmm. uh, and Quentin's laughter. <laughs> As Barnabas discusses Liz, Liz's unusual funeral arrangement, so we'll, we'll all remember that she wanted to have this uh, weird mausoleum built for herself that would have like a bell she could ring <laughs> and to warn people that she's actually being buried alive. Yeah. The irony, of course, is that she's going to be buried in this mausoleum, unable to ring the bell because she is alive, but she cannot move. Uh, but as they're discussing this, a man arrives from the funeral home. And he comes in and, of course, Barnabas has not called him because Liz's arrangements are not normal. So it, it has nothing to do with this guy. Yeah. And he's like, well, who called you? 
And this guy says, well, didn't you call me? And he goes, no, I didn't call you. And no one knows. And so we realize, of course, that the children must have done it. The children must have done it. Upon Quentin's instructions, he had the children call a man from the funeral parlor. What dastardly thing can happen next? What can Barnabas do? Well, he can tell the guy that he didn't call yeah. and send him away, yeah, yeah. which is what happens. Yeah, okay. Meanwhile, the kids are like... <laughs> oh. And the funeral guys are like, hey, you want to buy a coffin? And Barnabas says, how much? I got a great coffin. I'm a vampire. Oh, wait, shit. What did I say? <laughs> Don't give it away. Uh, he's not a vampire right now, of course. Okay. But, you know, I will be again. So then the children who are following Quentin's plan, which was to call the guy from the funeral home and prank Barnabas. It's a good uh, prank. <laughs> They have to go back and grovel to to uh, to Quentin because he's mad at them because this whole stupid plan didn't work out. But it's not their problem, and they get chided by a squeaky uh, swinging uh, ceiling lamp. That's who. <coughs> Meanwhile, oh, lampy Barnabas has decided to take the children to Boston. This is all too much, and the loss of Elizabeth, and and at first they're excited by the prospect. But then they become less excited when Barnabas suggests that they will also be sent to school there. So he just wants to get rid of the kids because Elizabeth is gone and he's he's a busy guy. Sure, he's, he's got, got stuff, stuff to, do. to do. He's got non-vampire stuff to do. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so once again, they go to Quentin's room for help. Later, Maggie is looking for the children. And she comes out of the living room and meets Mrs. Johnson, who is coming up from the basement, where she has packed away Vicky's clothes. Because Vicky, of course, has disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't need to wear clothes. <laughs> While they're talking, they hear the piano coming from the living room playing London Bridge, uh, which interestingly was the song that that um, Barnabas's sister would sing when she was appearing. But anyway, um, they're playing in the it's coming from the living room, so they go in there and it's the children. And Maggie is confused how the children got in there, and they take great delight in her confusion. And I don't know why they look at each other. They smile like, <laughs> aren't we the cleverest kids of all time? And then they walk up the stairs in the completely natural pose of two children with their arms around each other walking up the stairs. Seems very normal, right? How all children walk upstairs. Um, later, Maggie is taking her clothes from her suitcase. And when she opens the armoire, she finds Vicky's clothes have mysteriously returned. Bum, bum, <laughs> Mrs. Johnson claims it's a sign from Vicky. The idea seems to upset Barnabas. The children then come in, and they want help with their packing. And so, you know, um, Amy says, yeah, I put all my dresses out, so I'm just trying to figure out how many I should bring. Let me just add that during these episodes, they're using a broken camera, because one of the camera's colors, colors are way off. Hmm. Like everything, it looks like it's being filmed through an aquarium. Okay. And they still use it because what can they do? They're a daily show and they have a broken camera. They can't not use a camera. So so they'll like whenever they switch to that camera, it looks really terrible. But the other cameras look okay. Well, if you got the aquarium thing, you make a creature from the Black Lagoon. That's ditch, right. the, ditch the werewolf. They should around. have thought about that. Um, so then they go to uh, Amy. Uh, Maggie goes with them to, to Amy's room. And they discover that all of Amy's dresses that she laid out have been put back in the armoire. Bum, bum, bum. Chris Jennings arrives. He has come to find out if Joe let the werewolf out of the bag, basically. He's there to find out. Uh, did you guys see Joe? Did he say anything interesting? Did he mention any animals? But uh, Barnabas lets him know his plans for the children. He says, I'm taking, I'm going to take your sister to Boston and put her to school. What do you think of that, Chris? Great, says Chris, because I'm a werewolf. I get enough time to deal with children. Uh, Barnabas lets Chris know and about... He starts with, because I'm a werewolf. <laughs> 
Barnabas, speaking as a werewolf, Barnabas lets, <laughs> speaking as an American werewolf, Barnabas uh, lets... And a patriot. And a patriot. <laughs> if we get if he had like werewolf Rooney, he's like a werewolf sitting at a desk. You ever wonder why all your hair gets into your breakfast cereal? What's with the moon? <laughs> There's other moons. Yeah, when Titan comes out. I just get a little hair that's, on my back. That's right. You turn into a full werewolf during a full moon. Do you turn into half a werewolf during a, a half moon? Now, if I'm eating a moon pie, does my tongue get hairy? What's going on with it? It makes you think. <laughs> Have you ever gone to get your hair cut and killed the barber? <laughs> so um, Barnabas lets Chris know about Joe's tenuous mental, mental health. Um, so then we see Mrs... Mrs. Uh, Johnson cleaning in front of the fireplace. And it's an interesting shot because they're shooting through the flames at her, cleaning like, and she's cleaning in Amy's room. Uh, David comes and tells her that his clothes have now mysteriously returned to the armoire. And what's really strange here, everyone, is the children are working this and working incredibly hard to make people think that the haunted house they live in is haunted. <laughs> like there's already a ghost yeah there's the ghost of quentin yeah why where is he why are the kids moving all this clothes in and out of armoires to convince everyone that there's some sort of haunting going on when when there's a ghost in the house it's really weird anyway while reading in her room <laughs> maggie is startled when vicky's music box begins to play oh its lid pops open revealing a note maggie reads the note the note says, I am alone. Help me. Help me. Ugh. Yeah. She shows it to Barnabas. They believe that the note is from Vicky. Barnabas declares that he cannot leave the house and, aban and abandon Vicky. And so he abandons the children and his plans to take them to Boston. The children, of course, are pleased. They do that. They do some weird smiling at each other like, hey, 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 all going to plan. But they're confused. They know that Quentin isn't strong enough to actually physically move dresses like move Vicky's clothes around and they didn't do it. So they don't know who did it. And they don't know who did this whole note thing in the mu music box either. So they're very confused. Now, meanwhile, Joe has lost his mind. <laughs> really has lost his mind. Again, that's a, that's a great transition regardless. It's just like in any story. <laughs> meanwhile, Joe has lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the Collinsport jail. Sure. Talking incoherently to himself about Chris and seeing things and trying to, you know, talking about Amy and rescuing Amy from Collinswood. And he just, he's stuck in a rut. He's stuck in a mental rut. <laughs> and Julia tries to help Joe. Uh, first, she, she well, she ineffectually brings Chris to talk to Joe. But, of course, Joe attacks him because Chris is the werewolf he's worried about. Yeah, that makes sense. So then Ju Julia sedates Joe, and then he set, goes into a dream state. Yep. So now he has, this, he has a crazy dream. He's holding Chris's jacket <laughs> in the dark. And uh, once again, let me... Turn my page here, everyone. <laughs> He's holding Chris's jacket in the dark. And then Chris appears, and they go through the previous night's events. So we get a nice recap, get a dream recap, because we need that, of course. Sure you do. Then he's at the doors of Collinwood. Joe's at the doors of Collinwood. He enters and runs upstairs, but as he gets to the top of the stairs, the werewolf enters at the top of the stairs. And, and then, so that scares him. And so Julia yeah. then appears, and she's holding a syringe, and she tries to calm Joe down. Then Joe finds himself in, in a mausoleum. We've all been there. But Chris is there. And he convinces Joe that it must have been all a bad dream because he had nothing to do with all this stuff. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about, a werewolf or anything. I'm not a werewolf. And uh, Joe's like, oh, well then, I guess I guess everything is okay. I mean, 
you know, he starts talking to him and he goes, he calls him Chris and stuff like that. And he goes, you never could get us straight, could you? He goes, I'm not Chris. I'm Tom. Tom Jennings. And he reveals, of course, that he's a vampire. And so then uh, Joe runs out of the mausoleum, but outside the mausoleum is the werewolf. So now he's trapped between Chris, the werewolf, and Tom, the vampire. And he wakes up in a straitjacket as Julia prepares to take him to Wincliffe. Yeesh. So let me just say, this was the final show for Joel Crothers as Joe. This he had By his own choice, he left the show. Yeah. He felt that he was not... The show wasn't a show for actors. It was a show for gimmicks and for special effects. And he just kind of felt sort of stranded doing a lot of heavy lifting while people were more interested in someone transforming into a werewolf. And so he left the show. And I think the other reason, which is more subtle, and this is something that I was reading about on the blog that I like following, uh, Dark Shadows Every Day, is that Joel Crothers was gay. Mm-hmm. Like Jonathan, like Jonathan Freed, and the actor who plays Roger, but un, uh, unlike Freed, who could kind of have a measure of not I shouldn't say measure of privacy, who was a, a little older than than him. Well, he said jo- Jonathan had it worse actually, so maybe they both had it worse. The problem for uh, Joel Crothers is that he had no privacy. Suddenly, he was on a re- a big hit show, like a really popular show, and everywhere he went, people knew who he was. And he had no privacy, which is very difficult for a man who's gay, yeah. which at the time was illegal. And not only could get you arrested, but you could get evicted from your apartment. Yeah. You could lose your job. All these things could happen to you. you so assaulted, yeah. you get assaulted. Yeah. So he is not, uh, he's having some trouble with like this whole world. And it's kind of interesting. Like he did go on to act in other soap operas. He carried on. He acted into the 80s. Unfortunately, he died of uh, complication from AIDS in the, in the mid 80s. But um, yeah, he... You know, he was a successful uh, soap, op- soap opera actor through his whole life. But yeah, it's interesting reading like some of the stuff in this blog because he was talking about like, like uh, you know, he's just doing what other gay men did at the time, which is you date a woman, mm. you know. And then there's an interview with his, with his co-star of his and she's like, well, Joe and I are no longer seeing each other. Um, we, you know, we're really good friends. And, you know, while we're seeing each other, we really got to know each other really well. And it's like really coded all the stuff, like, you know, basically like, got to know each other. I understand, you know, his situation and we're no longer seeing each other. We're really good friends, blah, blah, blah. And it's really interesting. It's just really sad, though, that people had to hide at that time. Because, but anyway, yeah, so he left the show and went on immediately. He left the show for another show and then discontinued acting uh, successfully from then on. But yeah, so that's the end of Joe. But he was sent to Wincliffe because Dan Curtis, the producer of, of Dark Shadows, really liked Joel Crothers and what you know was hoping he'd come back and so by making it open-ended you sure. don't have to you know he can come back from Wincliffe as he ever returns but he never did the next day Barnabas and Julia helpfully recap everything for us uh which is you know well, as they do a Ron what's the guy named Ron Sloat or whatever his name is Ron Stoat or whatever his name is the guy the recap writer he just likes to recap everything <laughs> so he's got end, endless amounts of recap it's so boring Barnabas goes to see Carolyn uh, a very severe-looking Carolyn. Now that her mother's died, she's gone into mourning. She's her hair is parted. She looks like the the woman from American Gothic. Mm. Uh, and so she is uh, basically standing beside her mother's coffin. That's her place. She's just there. She doesn't believe her mother's dead. She says, I, "I think it'll be proved that she is fine, and that I will be proved right." Now the children learn that the Boston trip is now back on from Julia. So all their all their smiling and stuff like that, you know. Um, but they, but David decides that he'd like to get a picture of, uh, Barnabas and Carolyn because he needs to use up the last, the last picture on his roll of film on his camera. And so, um, 
they agree to that. We also learn that David likes to develop his own pictures, which seems pretty precocious for an 11-year-old boy, but okay. <laughs> yeah, he, look, you're an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> Things are happening. Yeah. And if you have a chance to go into a dark room yeah. where no one can open the door sure, with pictures. <laughs> Got me there. Yeah. That's, is, that's what, the thing. Can I come in? Mom, I'm developing pictures in this dark room. Here, oh, you've been in there a while. Takes a while to develop pictures, Mom. Yeah. Get away. Don't open the door. Ruin all the pictures, Mom. These are a lot of good points. I, now you're making me think I shouldn't have quit camera club in grade six so I could watch the goodies like I did. Anyway, so David uh, develops the picture and he gives the print of the picture to Barnabas and and Carolyn. And they look at it and there's a picture of Barnabas and Carolyn and behind them there's the ghastly image of a hanged woman. And they look at it and they realize it's Vicky in the picture. So now Barnabas is convinced. Oh, wait a second. I'm going to stop there, everyone. Sorry. I, I'm i going to stop there. That's episode 660 is the is where we're stopping. Uh, because I just I could only had time to do one more episode. Yeah. And then I realized I didn't have a good cliffhanger. So I'm going to end here. This is a good cliffhanger. Okay. Vicky is hanging. Vicky's hanging, right. everybody. So, all right. So, so, okay. It's it's literally, it's not a cliffhanger. It's a hanger. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's a, all right. It's a person hanger. Then I'm going to, uh, by the way, if you want to listen along, what episode are we on now? 600. And that was 660. So oh, we're, we're getting close to 666. Yes, we are. Oh, very nice. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the episode of the beast. Uh, so if you want to watch along with David, either buy the DVD set for hundreds of dollars yeah. or watch it for free on Tubi. To be fair. Or some other streaming service. To be fair, it's 131 discs, uh, less than $10 a disc. So it's pretty re- reasonable. So if, if even if it's just like for coasters, it's worth your while. <laughs> or it yeah. uh, stops owls sometimes. Sure. And if you have room... For a 131 disc set that's shaped like a coffin in your house, then this is, that's the disc for you. Nice that's the set for you. Uh, or you know what? If it's shaped like a coffin, a fun thing to do would be bury it in your yard, like as you're moving. Yeah. And then like, and then when people are like digging, they'll be like, oh, oh my god, there's a little coffin here. Do you think it's an animal? Yeah. I hope it's an animal. Then they open it up and it's a DVD set, and they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, okay. Good idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these letters and uh, read them fairly quickly because we're going to be going to a movie later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I have an idea for a question of the week. I'm oh, good. throw this out. Uh, uh, something you watched at the Olympics and enjoyed. Oh, and that's, that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, but our questions last week were, have you ever stolen anything or were you caught? And does your town or city have a singular celebration peculiar uh, to it? Well, I'll tell you. Scott McGinnis had something to say. Oh, he Hello, came, Scott. He came uh, and he wrote uh, uh, us a note. He said, uh, hey, Ian and David. Hello. Bless me, dragons, for I have sinned. Listening to your last show and hearing you talk about stealing has woken some long-buried memories. <laughs> when I was a boy, I was a right wee kleptomaniac. Do I have to do it all in this voice? I started, as most British thieves did, by stealing uh, from the pick and mix at Woolworths. I progressed to nicking toy cars, matchbox cars, oh, wow. pocket-sized. Perfect for pockets. Yeah. I added that bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they were designed for young tea leafs like me. I love how you're writing this. My proudest booty was a Starsky and Hutch Grand Torino, complete with the little figures of Bay City's finest detectives. I stopped stealing when I was about 10 or 11. Don't know why. Guess I grew out of it, at least for a while. When I was a teenager, I got a job in a record shop. 
CDs with a brand new tech and I wanted in. Unfortunately, my wages didn't extend to replacing all my old cassettes with CDs. <laughs> it was time for Scott, the master criminal, to return. I had a brilliant scam going. I opened a cheap CD, slipped a new disc under the budget one, shrink-wrapped it, closed it again. Then I bought it at the end of the day, paying just the price of the cheap CD. Oh, wow. Less my staff discount, of course. Double dipping on the sin uh, train. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if taking your staff discount is a sin, but okay. Uh, it is if, if, you, if you know you're uh, getting it for something you shouldn't be. Yeah. The scam lasted true. until I got a new job. But then I was also liberating DVDs and PlayStation games. <laughs> With the same system, it was great. It was always the first. Of, I was always the first of my friends to get the latest CDs, DVDs, and games. And I still had enough money for more legal, but just as fun teenage pursuits. I was never caught until this day. <laughs> That's right. There's no statute of limitations on PlayStation. Um, to be honest, I'm kind of 50% ashamed of myself and 50% proud of coming up with such an ingenious plan. I'm assuming you invited us to confess our sins so you can grant us absolution. So what do I have to do? A couple of Hail Marys? A donation to a charity for juvenile delinquents? Or just a public apology in front of the entire sneaky listenership? Whatever penance you wise dragons deem appropriate, I'll gladly accept. Thanks for all the hours of podcasting, guys. It's uh, so comforting listening to two pals chatting about everything and nothing. Your warm <laughs> affection for each other shines through every episode. If everyone had a friendship like you two have, I reckon the world would be a better place. I'll be listening on Sunday morning as usual, assuming the authorities don't catch up with me. Stay <laughs> sneaky, everyone. Wow. This is a good question. What should uh, what should you do for absolution? Huh. Well, I would say have a cold one. There you go. Have a cold one. Very yeah. good. Drink a drink, uh, and to be a better person, uh, go with dragons. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he doesn't do it anymore. Yep. We have to forgive ourselves our our juvenile, you know, delinquency. Yeah, I think I, I think I realized that almost all the times I got caught stealing, I wasn't stealing. <laughs> the majority of times, and the times that I did steal, I got away with it. And so it was like this confusing ethical thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I have to be honest with you that when you are, you just look guilty all the time. Unless you're doing something wrong. I'm shifty. Yeah, my shifty eyes. Yeah, you're just shifty eyes. Yeah. Very nervous. Darting eyes. Regis writes, Hi. Thanks, Crystal. Oh, yeah, because was, was, I was, was talking about... Oh, uh, wait. You have to read Crystal's letter, letter first. Well, oh, no, no. We already week. read it last time. Yeah, Never mind. Sorry. Right. About Sorry. John Deere tractors and not feeling ashamed about his attraction to them. Yeah. Um, uh, thanks, Crystal. Maybe a John Deere-themed kitchen or dining room is a bit far-fetched. As as uh, and as living as far living in rural area, I'm living in Paris. Is that still okay? <laughs> I'm sure there's rural parts of Paris somewhere. If you what? went out there to, you know, some of the places that serve day old wine, wait, no, it's got you good. <laughs> day old wine, unlike those places that have fresh wine, <laughs> straight, of wine. straight off the vine. <laughs> but in in fact, this uh, passion has receded since my youth. Uh, gone is the bedroom wall uh, covered with tractor pictures in my toy collection has been tucked away. Careful, there's people who will steal such things. Hmm. Uh, I only have uh, two 1 16th scale replicas on display in my entrance. One deer and one case IH. I think that's how you say it, right? And I recently bought an international uh, 845-148th replica. <laughs> By sheer nostalgia, I learned to drive in one. Oh, that's cool. Huh. Dave! Oh. You didn't know that Farmall comes from McCormick Farmall Tractors, <laughs> which, by the way, became international, short for International Harvester. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Well, just so you know, I, my extens my extensive forklift driving, or no, sorry, of tractor driving consisted of driving 
uh, of old, like 1940s Ford tractor, mm-hmm. uh, a David Brown tractor, and then a, a more modern Ford tractor that was not that much more modern than the, it's probably a 70s uh, tractor, blue and yellow. And let me know the McCormick brand has been raised back from its ashes in the early 2000s. Oh, there you go. Cool. As for this week's question, teenager, being a teenager and boredom don't mix. Uh, with a summer friend, uh, we raided my grandparents' neighbor's parcel uh, where we had a stationary caravan. We unscrewed all the reflectors and we took them and broke one or two things in the process. The next day, my grandparents asked if there was something, if I had something to do with what occurred to the caravan. And normally, I don't like to lie. But I lied. <laughs> don't know if I did it well or my grandparents considered that this nefarious action was too out of character for me. But I got out of it. Good, good for you. All right. Nice sneakiness. Our friend Louise writes. By the way. What? Thank you, Regis. Thank you, Regis. Thank you to everyone who wrote us. Let me say that in case I don't say it at the end. Thank <laughs> you. I'm so excited. As I'm a kid on Christmas. I'm opening the next package without thanking uh, <laughs> for the previous package. Yeah. And then someone stole my Matchbox cars. Louise writes, A couple of times when I was little, I took a wrapped candy from the supermarket's bulk candy display. Oh, tisk tisk. Once my dad saw me, he didn't say anything but grabbed another candy and held it out to me. I was so embarrassed, I never swiped anything from a store again. In non-pandemic years... Dave, I'm going to wake you up right now because yep. you're falling asleep. I'm not falling asleep. I was thinking about something. Sorry. Okay, very good. Uh, in non-pandemic, it looked like you were... Uh, I'm sorry. Was I was just looking forward. down. I was looking down because I was Understood. sleeping down. Okay. Were you looking down on Louise for what she I was did? looking down on Louise for All what All right, she very did. good. In non-pandemic years, Vancouver had uh, a three-night fireworks festival called the Celebration of Light, currently sponsored by Honda. Some love the dazzling spectacle. Others think it's a huge waste of money. <laughs> I recommend seeing it from a friend's deck or balcony so you don't have to put up with the smokers. Tokers! Midnight, oh wait, no. Drunks and knife-carrying <laughs> ruffians crammed into the waterfront beaches and parks. Over the years, I've seen it in person maybe four times. Now I watch it on TV. Far from the maddening crowd! If music... Oh, we were actually getting down to Shakespeare even, even so. If music be the food of love isn't just a lyric from the Ballad of the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party by Chris Roberts. It's yeah. also the opening line from Twelfth Night. The play whose title alluded Dave. It's in my top three Shakespearean comedies, along with As You Like It and it, A Midsummer Night's Dream. It deserves it. Uh, there's a twin mix-up as well as a girl disguised as a guy device. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of inappropriate wooing with some <laughs> heartfelt swooning and a good deal of hoodwinking. I recommend checking out the 1996 movie adaptation directed by Trevor Nunn, starring Helena Bonham Carter, Nigel Hawthorne, and Ben Kingsley. Hmm. FYI. Before She's the Man, in 2006, there was another high school comedy, also loosely inspired by Twelfth Night, called Just One of the Guys in 1985. I remember that, and I keep getting those two confused. It's raunchier, but so are a lot of Shakespeare's plays. Another teen update is O from 2001. Yeah. It's the adaptation of Othello set in uh, private prep school with Mackay Pfeiffer as the star basketball player, Julius Stiles as his girlfriend, and Joss Harnett as the jealous teammate out, teammate out to ruin him. Remember that one? Yeah. Did Joss Harnett do that uh, movie that was I Can't Masturbate for 40 Days? Do you remember that movie? 40 Days, it was called, or 40 Nights? 40 Days, 40 Nights, I think. Yeah, the idea was how you can't have sex or masturbate for 40 days. That was a movie. You know why? Because you didn't write your movie. So they made that movie. <laughs> Edward Dragansky writes. Fair. Back in the years of the Laserdisc craze, I was buying those huge box sets for Star Wars, The Wizard of Oz, and Toy Story. There was one Laserdisc I couldn't buy... It was the THX WOW demo disc. 
And those huge high-end stereo and TV superstores would play it to show off their sound systems. The THX WOW demo was a spectacle of the best visuals and audio from all the Lucasfilm movies edited together into an eight-minute montage specifically designed to customers to show how badass the THX sound system was. Incredible Universe was the stereo and TV superstore where they continuously played this disc. So I asked the sales guy about buying one from him. For $20, he made me a copy of the eight-minute demo to VHS tape, but I was still after the disc for the rest of the content on it. I was told that customers received the demo Laserdisc if you purchased hmm. a THS sound system, which was at least $2,000 at the time. Too much. So that was not an option. Nope. Then I called Lucasfilm's THX uh, customer service and talked to a woman who told me on the phone uh, she was looking for a hu- she was looking at a huge stack of demo discs, but they were not for sale. I asked her if there was a way I could get one of those discs, and she said, I'm sorry, you'll just have to steal one if you want it that bad. <laughs> that stuck in my head for about a year, until I was at Foley's, one of the department stores at the local mall. I saw that Foley's was liquidating their electronics department, everything was on clearance, and being sold as is. Then I saw it, on top of the stereo console. Without its sleeve was the THX WOW demo laser disc. I waited until the sales guy went to the back. Without thinking twice, I took the disc, headed straight out to the exit to my car. It wasn't for sale, so there was nothing to trip the security alarms, and I got away with the laser disc shot free. The disc is the only item I've ever stolen, but I rationalized it by the fact that it could be sold and that Foley's would probably just have thrown it out anyway. You were also told to by Lucasfilm. <laughs> you can watch the demo on, on YouTube, uh, but it's much better in the over-the-top THX surround system glory the way I originally saw it. And he uh, uh, gives us a, a YouTube clip there. Cool. Louis responds to this, Dave. Yes. I'm telling you. And we're getting through this, Dave. We're getting through it. Okay, we're going we're gonna to make it through. Good. Okay, here we go. Do you need more Coca-Cola? Sure. Is it in the fridge? Yes, it is. I'll go get it. You go keep, get a Coca-Cola. Uh, Louise writes, Edward, your story plays out like a George Lucas-ian adventure. Roguish thief saves a rare treasure from certain destruction or landfill. I was surprised to see clips of Willow in the demo. I enjoyed the movie uh, as there weren't a lot of high fantasy uh, high fantasy flicks being made uh, back then, but it was nowhere near as popular as the Star Wars and Indiana Jones films. But hey, apparently Disney Plus has greenlit a Willow sequel uh, for next year. Mining our nostalgia for gold has become quite the trend. Edward responds, I think my life as a Lucensian adventure, all I need is a whip and an egg MacGuffin. Edward continues, hey, I'm back. And I bet Ian just made some comment about that being the last post here. I didn't. I should have. I live in north of Dallas in the town of McKinney. And other other than our tour of homes uh, they have in an older town area during the holidays, there's really nothing notable. That sounds fun. Yeah. I have a very close friend and mentor who lives in the older part of McKinney in a 180-year-old home that he used to participate in the tour years ago. The decorating and strangers walking through the house got to be a bit much, so he and his family opted out of the event. His home is still an eclectic feast of all sorts of crazy furnishings, stuff on the wall, like his wife's huge doll collection, a working pinball machine in the kitchen, and a dentist chair from the 1920s, to name a few things. Cool. The town I grew up in, and I've mentioned before, is Mesquite, Texas, just east of Dallas. Mesquite is known worldwide for its famous rodeo that they have on the edge of town. Not for its famous uh, scent. Yeah, 
Would that be that? That's that's what mesquite is known for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you say mesquite. Oh, rodeo. No. Not at all. <laughs> I've heard, unless, of course, you cook the horses afterwards on delicious mesquite Ooh, charcoal. No. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> How French. Uh, no offense, Regis. Uh, I've heard more than a dozen stories about how someone from Mesquite was stationed overseas in the service or vacationing in Europe only to turn on the television and see that damned rodeo broadcast from Mesquite. <laughs> I've never been and firmly refused any invitation to go over the years. I live there. I continue what they do to those animals barbaric and I never want any part of it. Tying a rope to a 2,000 pound steer's balls and tugging at it uh, while you're on his back can hardly be called a sport. I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it's barely called a fetish. Uh, it's any wonder, sorry, uh, it's any wonder while they're so pissed off and attack the riders when they're thrown off their backs. Mm -hmm. I do the same thing if some cowboys had my junk in his lasso <laughs> and were tucking on it. Well, yeah, yeah, cannot, cannot argue with that. One sip of water here. Yeah. And you would think that would be the last one because it's Edward. Wrong! Oh, what? Laurel Robertson. Laurel! We got a lot of letters this week. It's nice. I haven't heard from Laurel for a while. Hey, Laurel. Nice to see you back again. Hey, Ian and David. I can honestly say I've never stolen anything. Not even a stick of gum. Wow. Well, Laurel, you know, sometimes your breath gets a little... You might want to steal that stick of gum. No. I'm sure it's fine. And not even during my years in high school uh, masquerading as a ruffian. <laughs> I just... Uh, Did you wear a striped shirt and a mask? Ooh, yeah. Very hamburger. I just always had the feeling I would get caught, so there didn't seem to be a point. Kind of a rule follower, you see. <laughs> Sounds kind of boring now. As to the town-city celebrations, there were several festivals in our Wilkes County. The largest in this area is called Merlefest. Merlefest, okay. That's right. Started not to be confused <clears throat> with Merlefest. Very different. Or Start Merle Norman Fest. That's right. Or the, the, the trouble with Merle... No, that's not it. What was it? Uh, what was it? Earl... What was that Earl's show? Oh, my name is Merle. My name is Merle Fest. There yeah. you go. Started by Doc Watson, a name for his son Merle, which mm. if you search online, you will easily find. It's a very large four-day bluegrass music celebration that happens every year except last uh, and at the end of April. Actually, this year, because of COVID, it's been moved to September. We also have our Apple Festival, which is a one-day uh, event, uh, first Saturday in October, which features all of the orchardists, I've never used that word before, <laughs> and their fabulous apples that are grown here. Wow. The streets uh, downtown North Wilkesboro are blocked off, and food carts and craft booths are all set up and down. It sounds like uh, like a Fast and Furious movie is going to like go through there and just like hit all the apple carts. That's oh. why it's so action-packed. I thought it was going to be that tiger from... Too many apples? Is that what it's called? Remember that Dr. Seuss? It's not a Dr. Seuss book, but it's part yeah, of the. Yeah, I know what you're part talking of the, about. I can read. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I was president of the local beak, we know where to shoot that, uh, and it gets a BC tax credit. Why? I have a question for for yeah. Laurel, which is that: um, Do you have particular apples that you're known for in your in your region? I'm just sort of wondering, like, if different areas have different apples now. Yeah, that's interesting. Because you know we have like. We have a lot of north, northern, like yeah, sort of north Pacific Northwest apples, like the Cosmic Crisp and Ambrosia and Pink Ladies and or Crips and stuff like that. I just wonder if other areas have different apples. And follow up question: How do you like them apples? <laughs> when I was president of the local beekeepers association, my oh, you're so cool. That's very cool. My husband and I would set up a large bee cage the night before in the club's assigned spot. Next day, during the festival, I, along with members of the club, would take turns in the cage with a hive, demonstrating beekeeping basics cool. and hive life, answering myriad questions. 
We uh, sold a lot of our honey as well. The connection to apples, of course, it's pollination. We all know. Yeah. Uh, the same, by the way, we Oops. we have a little uh, a bee bath in the backyard, and I fill it every day. Mm. And bees wait. They kind of hang around. Oh, yeah? And I fill up the bee bath, and then the bees come. A little drink. <sighs> nice. And wasps, too. But, yeah, the bees come. Down we'll let wasps. We'll it, wasps. It feels nice. Thing. Like It feels like, oh, they know. Just yeah. going to wait this out. <laughs> Bartender, could I have a... Yeah, okay, thanks. Uh, the same beekeepers club did a float uh, one year for the local Christmas parade. Those of us on the float dressed up in our veils and beekeeper duds. I kept my smoker going, puffing and waving, lots of fun. And fun is important, right, everyone? Very right. I can't hear you. Very right. Nice. Uh, by the way, my 10-year-old cat Pearl passed on to Kitty Heaven a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Oh. I miss her so much, and I know you all understand the loss, but still, Sneaky Dragon and Sneaker Comments have all made me smile and laugh and helped me move on through it. Thanks, Ian and David, and all. Well, let me just say, sorry for the loss of your little friend. I'm very sorry uh, for the for the pain that this causes, but I'm very glad that you found each other and made each other's lives better. And, um, yeah, uh, it's something Dave and I talked about on past episodes that he brought up was the high price of, uh, of high cost of love. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we decided that at the end of it, uh, it's worth it. So uh, thanks and uh, good thoughts. Good thoughts to you. Uh, and uh, love to your cat, Burl, for uh, for everything that you brought into your life. Okay, uh, so I that think you is, should. Laurel can now start Pearl Fest. Yeah, it's sort of competing against Merle Fest with a cat centered. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Absolutely. Sorry <laughs> to hell with Merle Fest. Now it's Pearl Fest. Absolutely. Uh, how many how many names do you need on a petition to change that over? We will change that right away. Done and done. Um, do thank, we have any other? Letters? Thank you for rating. Do we have any emails or any such things? Uh, no, we don't have any emails. Well, then, hey, what we're going to do is start wrapping this up. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Well, we have a question from you. Right. We have the question of, like, uh, have you been watching the Olympics and what sports have you been enjoying? Sure. And maybe we can put that Apple question in. Would that be okay? Yeah. Because I'm kind of curious. Maybe it's all the same. I don't know. It feels like nowadays, like... Tell us about your apples. How, how the, you know, the world has become more and more uniform and there's less variety out there but i'm kind of curious if in your area what kind of apples are popular in the area you live in is that so is, yeah. if you want to answer that I'm i would love a, to know i'm gonna do a sub question oh sub sub question what do you do with your apples do you make it crisp do you make a pie mm. you got a recipe mm-hmm. you got something do you bake them just eat them raw you put yeah, some peanut butter i'm on a raw i'm a raw guy what do you do you put a little uh, peanut butter and some raisins on them because normally you do that with celery what do you do <laughs> anyway long quiet long story short uh, yeah, what apples are in your area, and then what do you do with them? So those are three questions. Done. I'm an apple a day person. My doctor is so anti-apple; it's ridiculous. My <laughs> old, my old doctor. I don't see them anymore because they were. I've, I've mentioned that before. They were so anti-apple. Might as well eat a chocolate bar. <laughs> so, no, so, not at all. So silly. So silly. So, so I used to eat the apples whole, like I, I would eat all the parts of the apple yeah. except for the stem. And then I, I went like, is this a bad idea? Then I looked it up and it was like, oh, well, what's in the seeds? Cyanide. I imagine such small chases that you'd... But I'm thinking like, if I do eat an apple a day, which I usually do. Yeah. You know, a little cyanide a day, every day for all of your life. Yeah, you'll be, you'll have, you'll have cyanide resistance. That could very well be. And that's why I stab myself in the heart with a knife a little bit every day. <laughs> so, uh... Good for you. Yeah. Now you are resistant to being stabbed in the heart. Yeah, and I've had so many scratches from cats in the past that I'm sure I could fight a lion. <laughs> right? 
That's how it all works, right? <laughs> you can build a resistance to poisons. Yeah. I don't think you can build a resistance to lions. A little poison a day keeps the death away. Have a little poison today. <laughs> well, everyone, on that note, with that great, good advice, we will now, because uh, to be honest with you, I just want to wrap this up because we're going to a movie and I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to it all day at work today. I was just like, how long will this work day last? Nine hours? Oh, that's normal, but still, I'd like to get out of here a little bit, <laughs> but I didn't. So, uh, Thank you for listening to this show. We do really appreciate you listening to us and, and participating in these episodes with your letters and your comments and your fun jokes. It's great. And so, once again, we wish you all the best and we bid you a fair farewell. Stay healthy, stay well, enjoy the summer if it's summer where you are. Yeah. And if it's not, uh, you know, fake it. Fake this summer if you want. If it's not, enjoy Mars. Yeah, you could be on Austra- in Australia and it's winter there. Oh, Mars. I mean, oh, Australia. That's right. Hey, well, you sounded like a billionaire for a second. <laughs> That's right. Time to escape this rubble pile. I'm going to a better place. <laughs> Mars with its poisonous atmosphere and deadly Earth. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.